Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. All right, and the cage is out and on the loose once again. Michael Ball here. This show is brought to you by our good friends at the Canadian Brew House, and you can always interact with us and do it via the text line powered by the Capital Auto Group at 936-6262. And uh, when we get to our guests, they will join us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Arash Madani will be a guest. Um, we got Glenn Suter, and I see my buddy Blaine Wilder, our sports guy. I'm driving him home after this. He uh, is going to spend some money in the uh, the gaming machines here. Gaming machines, you say, Ballsy? Yeah, I've been all around, man. Flam and Sales, McDougal Auctioneers, Canadian Brew House last week in Saskatoon. I'm at the Dakota Dunes Casino and Resort here, and we're here with our friends from Play Now and our friend Ben Whiting, who knows how to play. He played uh, university ball with the Huskies, was in the CFL for three years, and now he is... Uh, with play now welcome to the show thanks for having me on mike awesome man nice to see you and thanks for getting on board with our radio station too during the rider broadcast uh i guess first off tell us your role with play now yeah for sure so i'm the sport and product specialist for play now saskatchewan here so i basically oversee everything that's going on to the sports book different promotions that we're we've been running and i'm also involved with the content that goes on to our e-casino as well so we talk a lot about gambling and betting in sports and how it's going to be an important part to the cfl and growing their revenue uh just talk about that though online online gaming i've i've done it here with play now it's in other places too but just talk about that and 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 the boom that we're seeing with regards to sports gambling yeah for sure and you and you said it perfectly there a boom uh so when we launched in november essentially what we did was provide the residents of saskatchewan's the only legal online casino and sportsbook platform uh for the province of saskatchewan up until then uh, anything that was operating online in Saskatchewan is what we refer to as a gray market. Yeah. Um, and and now that we have a legal option, those those online sites are really a black market now. So uh, when we launched, like I said, it, it gave residents of Saskatchewan a legal option if they choose to spend their entertainment dollars on online gambling. And Ben, you can do everything on Play Now that you could do with those other gray or black market ones, right? Like you could like there's prop bets, there's all that type of stuff. Oh yeah, we got daily prop bets, we got different promotions all the time uh more than 500 casino games the sports book we even got a live casino here now so uh yeah we we pretty much offer anything that any of our competitors would offer so are, is it pretty easy to sign up just like the other ones Fair, it, fairly straightforward yeah fairly straightforward you just head over to playnow.com uh there'll be a login tab or a register tab in the top right corner uh, and it's just five easy steps. You just basically enter in your personal information, and then you're ready to go. For a competitive guy like you that played football, how 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 have you found the transition to doing this? You were in construction too. You've had a lot of things you could do. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. No, it's been awesome. It's a it's a career where I'm still involved in sport. I know we kind of spoke about that before we hit the air here. So it, it piques my interest in that sense. And then we're constantly trying to bro- grow our program, grow our platform, uh, and really give an entertainment experience that's second to none to the province of saskatchewan those residents in saskatchewan um and that constant competition and striving to get better every day is really something that you know was ingrained in me through the sport mm-hmm. so it's nice that i can apply that also to my career post football thing i like about like betting like at playnow.com for sports is for instance is isn't you know i'm not i'm not 
betting life-changing money. But if I put 10 bucks on the Carolina-Buffalo game, what do, uh, normally I wouldn't care about Carolina-Buffalo in hockey, or I really wouldn't pay attention to... Maybe I would because I'm a CFL guy, but if you were a casual fan, Ottawa-Montreal, no disrespect, that's where you started a CFL career. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But now you're like, oh, okay, I took Walter Fletcher for uh, over five carries or whatever. You know what I mean? It, it gets you, kind of piques your interest in the game. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, it definitely adds another element of entertainment to it, of course, when you're doing it responsibly and that sort of thing. And, uh, um, you know, a game that may might not have piqued your interest otherwise when you put a little bit of skin in the game or yeah. uh, it, it makes you a little bit more invested or you pay attention to a point in which the game that you never would have paid attention to otherwise. Mm. Do you miss uh, football? Oh, absolutely. I, it, it's I, all, something that's always going to be a part of my life, which is kind of mm. why I picked up coaching and whatnot. I try to do that and really all of my free time as of lately now that the snow's melted has been mm. devoted towards coaching. So I'm still heavily invested with the sport and the province here and, and that's kind of how I tickle my football itch. We'll get to that in a second because you're with the Huskies I want to get a little kind of a, a preview I know we're still a little bit outside the season but we'll get a preview in a second. Was it tough to give up football? Like you you, you were drafted by Montreal it's kind of what I won't use the like I'm, I'm assuming it was dysfunctional with Mike Sherman he couldn't even take his headset off his shirt was everywhere um, and, and, then, and then he kind of went to Calgary and you know, if you're not a star guy, you're almost kind of bouncing around a little bit. Was it tough, though, to give up the game of football? Was that a tough decision? Yeah, you know, it, it kind of got to the point for me, and this is just my personal experience with bouncing around between, like you said, uh, Montreal, which was a turbulent program, to say it politely, yeah, uh, and then heading over to Calgary, which I have nothing but good things to say. Um, then I was actually in Hamilton yeah. for a bit, then back to Calgary, and this is all in the span of like a couple months, Mike, so... Uh, for me personally, I just got a little burnt out, and I, I re-signed with Calgary at the end of that season. I kind of just told myself I, I got an off season here to to really dig my heels into the job pool and find a career that will you know pique my interest and that I really enjoy doing. And luckily enough, I was able to fall with Sega and the iGaming gaming team over here. So and, and I've enjoyed every second of it see, since then. See, so I don't want to paint a negative picture because I'm pro CFL and I'm pro the C in the CFL. Uh, I love Canadian football players. It's really it's the main thing in the CFL, right? But I think a, a problem that we're starting to see here, or a little bit of a concern, is a guy like Ben Whiting. Still looking good. Could still play, but he, he wants to look into the job pool. Mason Nias, Regina born, U of S Husky stud. Took him to the Vanier Cup two years in a row. Riders say, hey, we're going to give you a contract to come to camp. He's like, mm-tch. You know, it's not a guarantee I'm going to make the team. I got a, I got a teaching job waiting for me in high school there. I'm going to coach with UBC, and I got a girlfriend living out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just two guys I mentioned off the top of my head. There are plenty of other good Canadians at the side. Well, it's not, not enough money. That's why we got to somehow try to get that wage to 100000 Because if it, if it looks like it's six figures, now maybe you're thinking, okay, maybe I can be in the meat market for a year or two. Yeah, totally. I mean, and, and at the end of the day, that's kind of what's going to entice guys to stick around a little bit longer. As you and I are both well aware, it's not really the life-changing money that you would mm. uh, receive if you're in the NFL, but um, for sure, I mean, that that's a very valid argument, especially when you get into the business end of football, where at the end of the day, it is, you know, it, you're playing the child's game that, yep. you know, nobody should be getting paid to play, but you are. 
Um, but at the end of the day, you, you kind of have to make a business decision and think what's best for, you know, my personal interest. And then, all, of course, there's guys that, you know, have families, kids, that are all relying on them too. So there's a ton that weighs into that, and, and I totally agree. If, if the wage was a little bit higher, I'm, I'm sure that would make that decision a little bit more difficult for some guys. Another thing we're starting to see this too, Ben Whiting, uh, when guys are, I don't know if it happened when you got drafted, but you get drafted by Montreal. Did they ever say to you, okay, so what are you going to do after your two years and, and one are done? Are you going to sign and are you going to leave us and go to Saskatchewan? And you're seeing a lot of teams draft those guys. You know, Montreal is sticking with Quebecers. Saskatchewan mm-hmm. always leans towards the Regina Saskatoon kids if they're worthy of being on a roster. Mm-hmm. Ben Whiting would have been drafted by the Riders. May it have been a bit of a different story? You know what I mean? Uh, totally. I mean, uh, you're, you know, I'm, I think that's the furthest place I could have went from my hometown in Saskatoon here. And uh, and like you said, it, the proof is in the pudding. There's tons of guys that they get drafted, they play their two years over out east, and then they move back and vice versa. Uh, so I think playing closer to home also makes that decision to you know stay in the league a little bit longer, a little bit easier on them. You know? I do think gambling and the gambling aspect, if the CFL can tap into it and work with organizations like playing and stuff, I think it is something you can't get around it. All the other leagues are into it. I'm glad the CFL is kind of looking at it, and you know, I don't know what a partnership would look like with Play Now, but I think that's where the league needs to look to continue viability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there, there's meat on the bone there. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the background and that yep. sort of thing. But you know what, Mike? It's trending in the right direction, and the first step forward for us was being able to author offer a legal online platform to Canadian residents and with play now specifically just the residents of Saskatchewan that legal offering is huge as far as you know where your sponsorship dollars are going and and justifying that kind of payment yeah good good point okay lastly you're coaching the U of S Huskies you're helping out on the D-line and special teams uh, right down your alley How's the team looking? I mean, you lost a couple of... When you lose your star quarterback and a couple of guys, you got some holes to fill, but not as many as people would think. Yeah, no, not as many as people would think, and, and I think it's always... It's the same song and dance every offseason. You graduate a couple of your fifth years, which are obviously bell cow guys that, you know, have been there for fifth years and maybe started for three, four, mm-hmm. uh, five years for the team, and but you, you always got to, you know, keep in mind that there's guys that are behind each and every one of those players that graduate, and uh, and then they're ready to step up too. There's going to be a lot of you know new faces filling in for those fifth year guys, but they're guys that have been in the program for a couple of years now, and they're ready to contribute and compete as well. All right, lastly, let's uh, put a bow on this. Just once again, uh, we're going to get more information on PlayNow.com and everything you have to offer from the casino games to the promos and everything like that. For sure, yeah. No, just go straight to PlayNow.com. It'll direct you to our Saskatchewan website. Uh, uh, you can register in uh, you know five quick steps and uh, then you have access to over 500 different slot machines, live casino as well as the PlayNow Sportsbook it's PlayNow.com, the only legal gambling site in Saskatchewan. That's a key and that's Ben Whiting, former U.S. Husky player now a coach and uh, also a CFLer. Thanks for your time man, appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for getting on board with our radio station. No I appreciate problem that. at all. Thanks for having me. When we come back we're going to hear from a former U.S. Husky Nathan Cherry who's turning heads at BC Lions Camp in his second year, third overall pick in the draft a couple of drafts ago this is the sports cage from the dakota uh, dunes and casino resort and our casino and resort pardon me with playnow.com it's michael ball on 620 ckrm nobody covers your team like our team this is the sports cage on the mighty 620 ckrm 
Welcome back to the Sports Cage. Not going to lie, Zinger. Sean Kleisinger back at the station here. I'm a little lost uh, being at Ryder Camp and then packing up because I'm coming back to Regina tonight to get ready for the game on Saturday. Kind of lost as to what's going on in the sports world. The Jays got their butts kicked, didn't they? Yeah, they lost. They lost 6-3, to and uh, they dropped 3-4 of four in Tampa, and now the Blue Jays go out to Minneapolis for a three-game weekend series. You got the NBA tonight. The Heat try to stay alive, and of course, the Vegas Golden Knights, they try to sweep the stars tonight. So that's basically it in a nutshell, Ballsy. Yeah, and my Padres are winning 2-1 over Washington, but they're about as mediocre as the Blue Jays. As a Blue Jays fan, are you really disappointed? Yeah, I'm very disappointed right now, but it's only May 25th, okay? It's only May 25th. Yeah, but know? shouldn't we start to get worried about Alec Manoa? Like, I was talking oh, yeah. with Blaine Weiland over here, and he said, now it's time to start worrying about Manoa. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm, I've been worried ever since his first bad outing. <laughs> I've been worried yeah. a long time, okay? And, yeah. Uh, they suck yet you're right telling me, Yet you're telling me not to jump off a cliff about the Padres. Sometimes you got to be strong for your friends, even though you're, you know, not feeling it inside. <laughs> Sometimes you, you know how it is. That's the best. So, sorry, retake that for me. It's Vegas and Dallas tonight. Dallas has a chance, or Vegas has a chance to sweep Dallas, Mm -hmm. which uh, Florida swept Carolina. I can't remember the last time both conference finals were in sweeps. I, I don't even remember that. No, I don't, I don't know either. if that's ever happened. I don't think it's probably happened, but I don't know that it. I can't remember, but like if you're the Calgary Flames, are you not mad that uh, Matthew Kachuk, <laughs> Calgary Flames fans, Matthew Kachuk is starting to heat up and getting the clutch? They remind me of the 1993 Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. They're getting goaltending when they have to get it. They're winning these close overtime games on the road, uh, pulling rabbits out of their hats, and you got to give it to Florida. They beat number one, number two, and number three all in their playoff run. Like, I don't see how anybody beats them. They're, Vegas, if Dallas miraculously comes back, which they won't, I can't see. Like, if I have to pick, I'm picking, I'm picking Florida. You're I picking want Florida, Florida to win. Okay. I want I want Florida to win because um, Matthew or sorry because Chandler Stevenson stood us up so yep. I want him not to win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> also, the Florida Panthers have been around longer than Vegas. And Vegas has had it too easy. And They've had about, it too easy and too good early on. And how about uh, former Pat Josh Mahura is on the Florida Panthers as well? That's something to cheer for. And uh, you mm-hmm. mentioned Matthew Kachuk. He had, he had three game-winning goals in this series, and two of them were in overtime. And yesterday's goal was like with four seconds left in the third period. Like I don't know when was the last time a player has been that clutch in the playoffs. And uh, maybe I'm giving a little uh, sneak peek into the clutch performer today. I don't know. I'm just uh, saying. Uh, well, I'll <laughs> go back to I'll go back to back in the day with Montreal. Who was the clutch guy? '93. John Leclaire. Johnny Leclaire would score all those goals. Yeah, you get all those goals for the Habs in overtime. I think. Was that the year Vinny Damfus played on that team too? Vinny uh, yeah. Damphouse? Yeah, yeah. I think 1993. Vinny Damphouse. I think that was his yeah. like first year with the with the yeah, club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, they had uh, quite a run there. Uh, Matthew Matthew Schneider was on that team, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. He was just a rookie or just into the league, and um, yeah, there was some good players on that Montreal Canadian team, coached by Jacques. The mares. Um, all right, so this guy's been turning head at, heads at BC Lions training camp, and I was listening to our good friend Julio Caravata, our other friend, the Moj, um, the uh, voice of the BC Lions, uh, on their audio network. So we uh, plucked some audio from uh, their uh, daily uh, podcast, and um, and here's uh, what the Nathan Cherry had to say, a guy that's turned some heads uh, at training camp, his second training camp. 
How many University of Saskatchewan guys are on this team now? Right now, there's, I believe, three of us, but Charlie Ringland got drafted this year. He hurt his ACL at the Combine, so oh, okay. he'll be there next year. Because there was three in this draft, was there not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Varga's a University of Regina guy, yeah. so there's, the Saskatchewan guys are multiplying here. <laughs> it's like, I think Bates might have something to do well, with it. Well, you know, yeah. the other thing, too, is funny, because I did a, a hit on the Saskatchewan radio yesterday, and, uh, you know, they, they are... So fiercely proud of all their, you know, the kids that come out of that province because it's one of the first things they ask is, hey, how's Nathan Cherry look? Um, so it, it must be exciting knowing that uh, you have so much support back home. Yeah, yeah there's a huge supporter of the, or support system for the University of Saskatchewan. So, yeah, it's awesome. Where did you grow up in Saskatoon? Uh, Saskatoon. Did you? Okay, that's yeah. a pretty city. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing there. I love yeah, it. I, thought, yeah, I was hoping he was going to be from someplace like Gull Lake, bigger. <laughs> you know, something like that. Ah, he's from Saskatoon. That's boring, man. <laughs> you got to come up with something a little bit more, like, exciting for us. Yeah. Um, so you took up football, obviously, when you're young, and you just, I mean, it's huge in Saskatchewan, right? I mean, you mm -hmm. know, basically the number one sport with the Riders being there. Mm -hmm. Was it your dream always to play for the Riders, and what was it like being drafted by the Lions? Oh, it's funny. Yeah, I always grew up watching every Riders game in my grandma's house. I remember the 13th Mountain game. I was devastated watching that game. <laughs> How still, old are you? Oh, I was probably like 10 or 11. I yeah. was talking to John Bowman about that. He still laughs about it. So. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um... You get the tears streaming down your face? Oh, I was crying. Yeah. <laughs> I was crying. <laughs> so there was a lot of people in that province crying. Oh, yeah. We were throwing stuff at the team. We couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I always... Yeah, I always... Dreamed about playing football growing up, and just to be able to have that chance with the Lions is, is amazing. Turning some Riders fan to Lions. Who did you idolize growing up? Oh, John Chick was big in yeah. the Riders. What oh. about Schultz? Scott yeah, Schultz? Yeah, he was big too. Um, I always loved the Riders receiving core. They had the Canadian Air Force, like yeah. Chris Getzlaff, and Fantuz, and Rob Bag, and all those guys. So I, I love them. Yeah. Yeah. So you were surprised you weren't a receiver? I actually that's what was my first position. I really? Yeah, I love playing receiver. Yeah. Really? Yeah. When yeah, did you have to give that up? Uh, when I got too big. When, <laughs> which was when? Uh, great. Like, don't tell me grade eight. Yeah, I was like grade seven or eight. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. That's good. Well, Nathan, it's been fun chatting with you. We appreciate you stopping by. Um, continued success this year, like we said, Thank man. You. You, you look so much more confident, so much more, you know, quicker, powerful out there, and uh, hopefully you just take your game to another Thank level. Thank you. I really yeah. appreciate it. Great stuff with Nathan Cherry, BC Lions defensive lineman, a product of the University of Saskatchewan. All right, that's Nathan Cherry, uh, third overall pick uh, two drafts ago. Zinger, if I can bring you in here for a quick second. Hello. I have all due respect for Moj and Julio Caravata. They do a great job. But isn't it a little strange to you that <laughs> that, seemed like, that seemed like an introductory interview and that guy was the third overall pick in the draft last year and it's like they just found out he was on the team. Oh, he's on our team. He's pretty good. Correct. I think we I think we uh, had him on the airwaves like literally 3 maybe 4 minutes after he was drafted last year. I'm just saying, I don't want to brag or anything, but I'm just saying. Yeah, we beat the BC we beat the BC Lions by almost like a, we did this year. over a calendar year we beat them by. We're pretty good. Yeah, we beat Yeah, no, no, those guys, but we beat the we beat the actual team before they called him. Oh, he wasn't yeah, even yeah. he was just sitting down to eat pizza and watch the draft and he got the third pick. You know, he's yeah, the third pick. I just, I just was snickering listening to that. It was a great interview. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like, it's like that's the first time you talked to the guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that's oh, uh, Nathan. That's Nathan Jerry from. Uh, 
Hey, uh, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. You want your CFL information, this is where you get it, right here. Not just rider information, CFL information. Who? Hey, Zinger, who covered the draft from pillar to post? 620 CKRM. This is the place you come for all the news. We will not give it to you a year late like other people will do. We're here about five <laughs> seconds after it's done. Let's tune on in, baby. Come on. All right. We'll be back with more, including a chat with the Riders defensive back coach, Marcus Clun. First time we've talked to him on these airwaves. This is the Sports Cage from the Dakota Dunes Casino and Resort for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Back with your sports ticker, it's 3.34 inside the sports cage. The Florida Panthers swept the Carolina Hurricanes last night with a 4-3 win. The Vegas Golden Knights will try and do the same to the Dallas Stars tonight. Vegas can sweep the Stars with a win. 6 p.m. puck drop tonight in Dallas. And the Boston Celtics will try to stay alive once again tonight in the Eastern Conference Championship in the NBA. Down three games to one to the Heat. Game five is in Boston tonight, 6.30. Opening tip in the the Toronto Blue Jays, yes, well, they fell to the Rays 6-3 to this afternoon. The Jays dropped 3 of 4 in Tampa and now will head up north to Minneapolis to start a three-game weekend series versus those Minnesota Twins. Time to pump you up. Get the latest in fitness and lifestyle tips with one of Canada's top fitness trainers, Tish Duffy. This is Train with Tish on the Sports Cage. Yes, it's time to check in with our health and lifestyle expert, a 30-year expert in the field of uh, exercise and training people. It's Tish Duffy. Welcome to the show once again. This has been a popular segment. I'm glad we added it. I'm glad to. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about, because you can follow her on her uh, all her social media feeds at Train With Tish. This one caught my eye. Uh, five things you'd tell your younger self as it relates to uh, health and, uh, you know, exercise. Um, I think the first one and the, probably the most important one is that uh, people have to remember that their lifestyle is a little bit different in their 20s and 30s. Um, I used to train a ton of young young ladies in my, in my when I was in my 40s, and they always wondered why you know I looked so fit. And I said, you know, to be honest, I look more fit now in my 40s and, than I did in my 20s. And it's just because in your 20s and early 30s, hopefully uh, things clean up a little bit in your 40s, your lifestyle changes. So um, maybe you're going out later at night. Maybe you're drinking more. Maybe you're eating more pizza, et cetera. And that's, those are the kinds of things that you do in your 20s. But the, the most important key ingredient to all of this is to keep working out, keep lifting, keep building your body. This is the the prime time in your 20s to be building muscle. So even if your lifestyle isn't exactly the way it should be, which it won't be, um, just keep up with your lifts. So then when your diet and and your habits improve as you get older, you'll actually probably lean out and see all that work that you actually put in 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 your 20s. So that's key. Um, Number two, keep up with flexibility. Uh, Do it in your 20s. Uh, it's a lot harder to improve flexibility in your 40s, uh, so try to maintain what you have and what you've built up in your 20s, so that's key. You're not going to feel stiff in your 20s, so uh, do it when you're when you can, because if you're trying to improve flexibility as you get older, it's much harder. So maintaining what you've worked for in your 20s and 30s is very important. Uh, number three, surround yourself when you're 20s, surround yourself with um, balanced, like-minded people. It's important not to become obsessive about eating habits 
and workouts. Of course, they have to be there, but it's really important um, that you find a good network of people and friends who have a balanced approach to wellness. You can get yourself into some pretty bad habits early on in your in your life if uh, you don't surround yourself with people who uh, want to enjoy life but also want to work out, etc. So that balance is really important in your, young, in your young ages. Work on grounding yourself at a younger age. I, I find that in my 20s, life was pretty easy. It gets hard in your uh, 40s and 50s, a lot harder. Uh, and so this is the one thing that I really wish I would have worked on more in my 20s and you know like do more meditation get get your nature walks in um do some breath work master all of these skills in your 20s so then when real life happens in your 40s and 50s you're a little bit more skilled the uh, last thing you would tell your younger self tish i think the most important or one of the most important things is realizing that there's no magical pill uh in your younger age for that dream body so uh, again, it's just setting yourself up with some realistic expectations when you're younger um, and knowing that the things that you're doing in your 20s make a bigger impact in your 40s and 50s. And so uh, do things slowly and progressively, diet pills, uh, restricting nutrition, uh, overtraining, all of these things will catch up to you if you continue to do them in your 20s, in your 40s. So. Uh, start slowly, be progressive, be patient, be consistent, but just remember that there are no shortcuts to getting to your optimal health. This is our Thursday Health and Lifestyle segment, Train with Tish. You can check her out on all the social media platforms by that same handle. Thanks for your time, Tish Duffy. My pleasure. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk, this is The Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Great arena anthems. We're coming to you live in Saskatoon from Dakota Dunes Casino and Resort, courtesy of our friends PlayNow.com. Ben Whiting joined us, former Husky lineman and special teamer, and he is a former CFLer with the Alouettes, the Stamps, and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Now in charge of uh, their gaming product online, uh, PlayNow.com. Go check it out. Five easy steps to sign up. Only legal online betting company here in Saskatchewan, playnow.com. Maybe get your CFL futures bets in. Maybe you want to bet on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You can bet there's a lot of excitement going into this contest on Saturday for a preseason tilt. By the way, uh, you can always get it on your voice of Rough Riders football, 620 CKRM. But... What we also uh, will tell you is it's on the CFL.ca uh streaming site so what you do is you go to cfl.ca you sign up with a valid email address first and last name and any game tsn isn't covering in the preseason which are many of them they will uh, have the video 
from the in-house video provider, which the riders have great uh, camera angles and everything at Mosaic, and then they mesh the home team's radio broadcast. So they launched it with Calgary and Edmonton on holiday Monday, and actually to mostly positive reviews. There were a couple of hiccups, but I thought the graphics were good. And, hey, we were watching a preseason game. It's sad TSN wouldn't cover it. Uh, I think that's negligent on their part, but whatever. I don't control TSN, but great job by the CFL to... Um, to at least try something, and they use Mark Stevens' broadcast from QR77 in Calgary, and we're proud to tell you that they'll be using our broadcast. Myself and Luke Molliner, Daniela Ponticelli on the sidelines. Daniela will be doing the pregame show with Don Hewitt. Our coverage begins at uh, 2 o'clock from the 620 CKRM Harvard Studios, and uh, then uh, play-by-play at just after 5 o'clock at Mosaic Stadium. Uh, one of the areas the riders will be focused on, their coaching staff, will be the secondary, in particular the safety spot where Jaden Dulkey, Nelson Lacombo, and second-round pick Jackson Ford are all battling for reps in training camp, trying to catch the eye of the coaches. Now it would be shocking if Jackson Ford started. In fact, he won't. But he has impressed, as you'll hear from defensive backs coach Marcus Clund. You're the Riders defensive back coach, Marcus Clun. So far, what are you seeing from your group? Man, they're they're flying around. They're playing fast. Uh, the communication's been awesome. It's yeah. a, it's a fun group to coach, man. They they're eager to learn. They want to be coached. They they know the uh, the attention to detail is extremely important to be successful. Uh, man, it's just it's a phenomenal group. They're really excited about this group. You need to get them on the jugs machines a little yeah. bit. <laughs> We've had too many drop picks. We had a really good one today. Yeah. You know, Mari had a really good one. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've we've dropped way too many. Yeah. Um, but that's something we talk about. We get on the jugs machine every day after practice, you know, and we try to get as much balls as we can in drills. But, you know, those are we can't we can't miss it on great opportunities because those only come so often. So we got to make sure we capitalize on them. Coach, you're an athletic, diminutive guy. How yeah. much uh, how much appreciation do you have for an Amari Henderson who oh, punches man. above his weight? Oh man, I mean Amari's just he's just that he's just that guy. You know, he came in a little bit heavier, yeah. which is good. Something we talked about at the end of uh, last season. You know, something for him to focus on in the offseason coming in. So he did that. He came in a little bit heavier. You can tell he's he's a little bit bigger. He's stronger. Um, but man, his his skill set from just a coverage coverage standpoint, he is he's he's lights out, man. He's Really patient with his technique. He plays with great eyes. Uh, like I said, great patience. And, man, he's, he just has a knack for it right now. You know, coming into year two, you know, usually that's where we see a, a big, you know, incline uh, with our guys coming into year two in the league. So, so uh, Nick Marshall, we know what he can do. Uh, what do you want to see from him uh, to take the game to the next level or just to solidify things in the secondary? Just just consistency. You know, consistency. You know, trust his ability. You know, he, he knows he has the ability to make a big play at any point in time. You know, it's just, you know, getting, you know, a little bit more consistency. Uh, trust technique, you know, be on point with it every single play, get in position, and when the ball comes to you, capitalize. You know, one thing we talk about a lot in the, in the DB room is we got to make an offense earn everything. We can't we can't give up a, 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 an easy play, and that's for everybody. You know, we don't want to give up a free because, you know, one play is the difference of winning and losing a football game, and we don't want that one play to fall on us. You know, DBs, it's, it's a tough position, and, um, you know, we're the last line of defense. You know, a D-line can make a mistake, linebackers can make a mistake, but DBs make sure everybody in the whole stadium knows when we make a mistake. So there's a lot of ownership that comes to that. So, you know, we really stress the fundamentals, making sure we're, we're on point. 
and knowing that everybody's counting on you. You know, every everybody, everybody's counting on you to do your job and to not give a free. And that's just you know, not not Nick. That's just everybody. You know, that's just everybody. So um, Nick's, you know, he's been doing really good. We're, all, you know, we've been on him. He's been on himself. He's and believe me, Nick's as hard as you know his biggest critic too. Yeah. So Nick will be the first one though. You know, he'll 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 when we watch the filming meeting and he makes a mistake, he'll he'll be he'll beat me to the punch. You know, he'll he'll tell me what he did wrong. And so you know, I'm excited for Nick. He's gonna have a heck of a year. Um, like I said, we got a phenomenal group. You know, one thing that I really see out of this unit compared to last year's unit, just the accountability that the guys have amongst one another, that they're really holding each other accountable, you know, in film, on the field, you know, guys make a mistake, hey, eyes, better eyes, better technique, focus. Uh, so it's it's a special group, man. Yeah, safety's an important position. You got a young group there. What are you seeing from Dalkey, Lacombo, and the new guy Jackson Ford? Yeah, I mean, you know, Dalkey going into you know year two in the system, man. He's just his football IQ is off the chart. You know, he's you know he's not going to be the fastest, but you know he but he has the speed that's needed to be successful back there too. But you know, Dalkey, you know his his football IQ and his ability to to see pre snap know where guys are going to be and to be able to react off of what he's seeing is just he's he's really good at it. you can see where he's at just a whole nother level with that um and then also you know Dalkey also has that that ability to come down and play some sand for us too and certain things so he's a guy that we like to blitz we like to get him in and around the box because he's a physical he's a physical guy um so he's 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 kind of that one that we're going to be kind of going back and forth a little bit like we did last year with with my crease and Edom. um but uh you know with with lacombo i mean we you know, trying to figure out where's a good spot for Lacombo at in this defense, and you know, put him at the free. He's got great range. He's got great speed. Uh, he's built a lot of confidence at the free position. So, seeing him, he had a he had a heck of a day yesterday. Really good day with communication, flying around. So, um, he's really comfortable there. Seeing that, and then uh, you know, Jackson Ford, man, we just we absolutely love the kid. He is he's a hard worker. Um, just blue collar. He's just here to work. You know, that's just that's just who he is. Um, football IQ is off the chart. Um, to be honest, I'm mean, coming out here, seeing him, you know, just his agility, the way to his ability to transition and and to cover some ground, uh, has really surprised me um, coming into camp. So uh, he's going to have a heck of a career. And he's going to have a long career in the CFL. Lastly, coach, what are you looking for in this game Saturday against BC? It's nice to play somebody else, uh, you know, and it's uh, you know for these American DBs, they got to pick it up quick, right? <laughs> That's right. It's going to be a little bit different for them from a game standpoint, but you know, the biggest thing is just communi communication, consistency. Um, you know, take everything that we've been doing in practice. And apply it. You know, don't don't make the game bigger than what it is. Just go out there, uh, execute your assignment, have great communication, focus one play at a time. You know, we, we talk about you know stacking days on days. Now it's you know anytime we're in practice, hey, it's one play at a time, one play at a time. Stack plays on plays, um, and that's just the biggest thing. It's just consistency, seeing guys flying around, great communication. Obviously, limit you know limit the the MAs, you know limit the mental error, the mental mistakes um, or missed assignments. So. Um, that's just the biggest thing. And I just I want them to have fun. Fly fly around, play fast, have fun, play together. Because you know you don't know you don't know how many opportunities you got to play this game. So tell them to have fun. Thanks, coach. Yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate you. That is Marcus Clun, DB coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Before we go to break, I'm joined by Blaine Wyland, who's been doing a great job social media wise and doing interviews for us. Um, just quickly, your impressions of camp so far? Uh, camp's going good so far, I think. Um... I'm really interested to see what the preseason game is going to offer because, you know, the one thing we didn't see too much of is that O-line versus D-line, you mm -hmm. know. I want to see more of the O-line, D-line. It's hard to get a gauge out of those guys uh, with the limited action we've seen so far. But uh, overall, I think the big thing is uh, the bonding, I think. We, it's a one big takeaway. I think the team is really starting to gel off the field. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to see if that can transition onto the field. Has Trevor Harris been what you thought he'd be? Yeah, you know, the impressive thing about him, I think, he wasn't the most impressive guy day one. 
by the end, before he left uh, this past week, he definitely was. I, he got better each and every day. So yeah. I think that's what you want to see from a starting quarterback. Is there anything else you're looking forward to? You said O-line, D-line. Anything else in the game on Saturday? I know you won't be there because you're going on holidays, but anything else you're uh, looking for there? Uh, the running backs. You know, as we're going to see a lot of the you know the guys that are going to be behind uh, Hicks and Amaro, mm-hmm. those three running backs, see if one of them could step up. The wide receivers, it's pretty wide open. As you know, we talked as you talked about a lot. There's not the, the number one. Hmm. So it'd be interesting to see if someone, one of those guys steps up. And, you know, linebackers too. We talked about on the way down. I like to see some of those reserve linebackers in mm-hmm. action, see what happens uh, in the case that, you know, throughout the season, one of those starters get hurt. Yeah, because somebody's going to get hurt. Before uh, we go to break here, quickly and get a hold of Larry Mueller, can you, uh, you were showing me something. There's a what? There's a, an Albuquerque? What is <laughs> the that? The Al- Albuquerque isotopes yeah. are coming up with a new uh, ballpark food item. Mm. It's the ballpark sushi hot dog. It's an all-beef Nathan famous hot dog marinated in tangy teriyaki sauce on a bed of white rice wrapped in a blanket of seaweed and served with a spicy mustard. And you could try this at their ball. It's a new ballpark food they got there serving right now. Zinger will order up five of those. They're also serving up a Hawaiian burger. That seems somewhat reasonable, but yeah, I don't know about a ballpark sushi. By the way, Zinger, this guy here, he's going to Vegas on the weekend, and he's going to go to a different casino. He thought he'd win here, Sean. He took twenty bucks, got up to thirty, and went in the tank in five seconds. Just don't be doing that when you're down there. <laughs> we we need you to come back home. You you have your flight booked home, right? Yes, Blaine? I do. Okay. Zing, Zinger, I huh. trust Ballsy more about gambling on third down as opposed to the casino gambling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got that right. Okay, when we come back, uh, we're going to hear from Larry Mueller as, uh, as a pretty famous face around the Rams passed away suddenly uh, last night. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. 58 years ago today, Muhammad Ali knocked out Sonny Liston in the first round to win his first heavyweight championship. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Hey, this guy's got some good movement, too. He's Larry Mueller joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Larry, thanks for joining me for a couple quick minutes. Michael, thanks for the invite. I just pulled away from a cold pint on the deck at Cathedral Social Hall, so there you go. That's oh, awesome. Good. Well, keep the, swe- keep the swearing to a, uh, to a minimum then, okay? Okay, you too. <laughs> okay. Hey, a good friend of ours, Gary Yearn, the steer we like to call him, passing away, um, I guess, overnight heart attack. Uh, just your thoughts. He was uh, a big figure, both figuratively and literally, in, the, in Ram colors. Yeah, Michael, it's uh, yeah, he, it's a true Ram family loss. Like you know, it, he was a big part of it. He was a he was a true Ram alumni. And as as you started out, most people never knew what his name was. Like you would no, never nobody knew yeah. Gary Yearn. They just knew him as Steer. Like he was he was like Prince, eh? One name. So you know he's, <laughs> he 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 was he was a legend as Steer. Um, you know I I don't know who introduced him to the Rams. But I know he was. He showed up about 1982. Yeah, you know, and you're right. So you're right. Was it was there. 1980. It was 1982, okay. uh, Larry. Sorry for cutting you okay. off. Little no, delay go, here go, in my end. He, he, he. His first board meeting with, was with another great guy, Ed Bankowski. Uh, wow. You know, you got you got guys like that, Doug McKillop, guys that didn't have kids that played for the Rams, but still came out and did their thing. Yes, and I, I was going to say that he's. You know, he was a no family, no prior family involved, and. You know, he puts in 40 years, and, and Michael, as you know, being around the RAM organization and other organizations for a long time, 
Lots of people are, in, are involved, but the steer was where he was a contributor. He was committed, and there's a difference, right? He was he was committed to it, right? Yeah, and you know, it's uh, it, it, it pains me to say this, but it's a reminder that you should always take time for people. I was doing, before your dinner this year, uh, in the basement there with Trevor Harris and everybody, I was uh, doing in my the show. Base, the, the, the dinner wasn't in my basement, the way, no, the way it you wasn't said in, it wasn't in my basement. No, it wasn't in your basement. It was in okay. our basement at the Connexus Art Center. And I uh, was doing the show, and Gary waved at me, and I waved at Gary, and I, I, I put my finger up like, hey, I'm just on the air. I'll come over and talk to you later. And I never did get a chance to run into him. and. I would yeah. never again, and that's one of the that's a that's a stark reminder. We should stop and take time for people. Yeah, oh, absolutely, Michael. And and again, like you know, he when you say how long he contributed, he contributed like to the Rams organization when they were in junior and when they were in university, and you know through some of those struggles. And and Michael, one you talk about that, you know, getting things done at the end. Steve Hansen reminded me recently that Steer was just recognized by the Rams as a life member. And, and there's not many of those out there. You know, there'd be Scotty Livingston, Tom Shepard, and some others. So um, it was it was good timing, and I'm sure that meant a lot to Steer. Yeah, it really did. And, Larry, you've done a lot for uh, football in the community, coaching high school, coaching the Rams. Your son played for the Rams. How's your son enjoying training camp at Calgary? Have you uh, kept up with him much? Well, you know, you got you're, everybody's got to be excited this time of the year. Everybody's got to be excited this time of the year, and uh, he's very excited. And you know, every team every team goes through changes, and uh, you know, he's they got a new quarterback with Jake Mayer, and uh, and you know, new guys, and he's excited. Yeah, ready to go. Thanks for your time, Larry. I'm against the clock. I appreciate it. Thanks for the memories of Gary Earn. Okay. You betcha. Have a good day, guys. Thanks, Ballsy. Take care. That's Larry Mueller talking about the passing of Gary Steer Yearn, longtime. Um, Long-time uh, director for the uh, University of Regina Rams and the Regina Rams junior football team. Our condolences to the Uren family. This is the sports cage for the Canadian Brew House, uh, and we're uh, at the Dakota Dunes Casino and Resort on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all. From Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between, this is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. All right, yes, Arash Madani joining us here coast to coast for our friends over there at Smart Investing Solutions. Now, uh, Brian Golly always reminds you to be smart with your money. Uh, give Brian Golly a call at Smart Investing Solutions, 306-546-2533, coast to coast with Arash Madani from Sportsnet. And, um, I mean, another another game, Arash, and another pathetic effort from the Toronto Blue Jays. It's, it's, yeah, um, and Ballsy, you know, they yeah. talk about attention to detail. They talk about cleaning things up. They talk about the details mattering. Well, the Blue Jays are losing because the details apparently don't matter. It's the details that are getting in the way. You know, the devil is in the details. Gavin Biggio dropping what would have been a double play ball to get out of an inning. Next thing you know, there's more runs. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer can't handle a ball in, in the outfield. There's another run. And guess what happened afterwards, Ballsy? It's late May, and they had a players-only meeting already in the trop. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
it's it looks bad. That sounds bad. It is bad. Yeah. So it is bad. Uh, John. So John Schneider, and I'm not talking about the guy who played Bo Duke. I'm talking about the manager of the of the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Is he on the hot seat? I don't think so. I mean, look, he took over last summer, signed a three-year deal in the offseason. He's less than two months into this year. But it's bad. Like, the Blue Jays have more in-division losses than any other team in the majors. That's bad when you're in the AL East now. Um, you know, they're 6-15 and 15 against the division. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? I mean, they've, they've lost 11 of 16. Uh, you know, on and on you can go. And here's the thing, Ballsy. They haven't had real significant injuries. Springer's still in the mix. Vlad's still in the mix. Bichette's still in the mix. Their starting five has remained intact. And look, Schneider said today, you know, there's got to be an urgency. We have to meet expectations. The last 10 days haven't been great. And he said, yeah, that's on me and the players. But he said, ultimately, on me. But I don't think changing the manager improves your focus. But it has been bad baseball. It's been sloppy baseball. It has been it has been poor. It has been very, very poor. And, you know, they had a great April, and Matt Chapman was the best player in the American League. But, you know, look at these last three series balls, the all-against division opponents, Yankees, Orioles, Rays. Two and nine against them. Um, I don't think you're in the business of firing people quite yet, but no, something like got- has to give. We got 111 games left. They're 26 right. and 25. Let's not. Like, I'm not saying this to you, but let's not panic yet. Like it, we, there's still lots of time. But uh, I would be heavily concerned about Alec Manoa, who was brutal yes. again today. Brutal again today, and and he was unlucky today. To be fair, because he should have gotten out of some innings, should have gotten out of some jams, didn't, and the next thing you know, the dam broke. And only went three innings, and he only goes three innings after he was finally finding a rhythm in his last outing. And then Schneider forgot how many mound visits had happened. Huh. That a mound visit had happened, and they had to pull him. But is there concern around Alec Manoa? Absolutely. Pitch count in the 80s through three innings, that's an issue. His first two months of the season have been bad. All of that's right. Here's the thing, though, Ballsy. If these jokers were hitting just a little bit, if somebody was producing at the plate, they wouldn't be just, you know, a game or two above 500 right now. And there wouldn't be as much concern because the offense would have done something, except the offense has done nothing, let alone live up to its end of the bargain. You, you're able to tread water when somebody's trying to figure something out. The problem is when the offense has been as dreadful as it has, that really magnifies how... How how junk Manoa's been. Yeah, it's a good point. Rash Madani joining us here. Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly. This is Coast to Coast. You're off to cover the NBA Finals now. Um, and the Denver Nuggets are there. We're awaiting the Miami uh, Heat-Boston uh, result. Uh, more pressure on the Celtics or the Heat going into this next game? I, I actually think right now all the pressure is on Miami. Like, I get that they're at the eighth seed, and Boston was one of the best teams in the league this year. 
But when you're down three zip, like the Celtics were, and you're in the other team's gym, and you come out with a win, at this point, Boston's playing with house money, and they're at home of the garden. You know, suddenly you're looking around Miami, and you're saying, well, there's five or six undrafted free agents on that roster, and Kevin Love isn't quite healthy, and they only go nine deep because Tyler Hero's hurt, and Victor Oladipo's been out for a while. Boston has some horses, and Boston can can roll. Um, I, I think it's it's not insurmountable for the Celtics to come back. I think it's almost impossible for the Celtics to come back, except that Miami was the eighth seed. Don't forget. I just, mm. I just, there's something weird about this. It just doesn't feel quite like other three O series over the years. Yeah. Is Jamal Murray, after what he did in the uh, Western Conference Final, the best Canadian in the NBA? This is meant as no disrespect. He's not. And look, Jamal is finally back to good health. Like that bubble year, he was awesome. He and Jokic, then he tore his ACL. It's taken him a couple of years to get back. But, but there is a very underrated story happening in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. That Shea Gilgis Alexander of Hamilton was not only an all-star this year, Ballsy, he was first-team All-NBA. He was elected first-team All-NBA at the end of the season. What does that mean? He is a top-five player in the league. He is the best player at his position. In the history of basketball, one other Canadian has done that, and that's Steve Nash. But the thing is, the Thunder are brutal. The Thunder yeah. are nowhere yeah, near are, the yeah. playoff conversation, and it's it's Shea against the world right now. But he's been that good, and and yet kind of off the radar for everybody else. And the Nuggets are really good, and and Jamal is Robin to Jokic's Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Hey, it's a huge summer for the Canadian men's basketball program. Um, where the national team can really make history happen. Can you expand on that for me? Well, we talked about Steve Nash. The last time Canada was in the Olympics for men's basketball was Sydney 2000, the Sydney Summer Olympics, almost a quarter century ago. And now, Balsy, finally this summer, it looks like everybody's going to play. Like Jamal wants to play. Shea Gilgis-Alexander wants to play. Lou Dort wants to play. R.J. Barrett wants to play. Andrew Wiggins is committed to playing. We'll see what's going to happen with him with the family situation. But, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about, you know, hockey and football and, and the Jays and the conventional sports. After soccer, the number two biggest participation sport in the world is basketball. And outside of the United States, the country with the most representation in the NBA is Canada. More wow. than Spain, more than France, more than Argentina, more than anybody else. And now we're about to go do it on the global stage this summer and go into the Olympics. And Ballsy, I am telling you that if the Canadian men's national team, forget qualifying for the Olympics, I think that, that's a must this summer. If they don't medal at the Paris Olympics next summer, after having missed the Olympics for almost 25 years, they don't medal next summer, that's a disappointment. 
Yeah, that's a and that's a bold statement. I like that though, and I agree with it. Hey, uh, thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. It's been great, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay. We'll talk to you next week from the NBA Finals, my man. Yeah, I can't wait. On site, Arash Madani. This has been Coast to Coast for Smart Investing Solutions. When we come back, we are going to hear from Glenn Suter. Then after 4.30, it's Luke Molander. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Matthew Kachuk sends the Florida Panthers into the Stanley Cup Final, scoring with just four seconds left in the third period yesterday, sweeping the Carolina Hurricanes. So the Panthers, cup-bound, and Kachuk is your clutch performer. For Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fan Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of It's time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. Folks, you're not going to believe this. Blaine Wyland from our sports department, he actually put money in the Edmonton Oilers VLT here. And thank God he lost. He's a Flames fan. He lost all his money in the Edmonton Oilers VLT. Suck it, Blaine. Uh, anyway, we'll get Luke Molitor coming up here. After, no, no, after 4.30 we got him. But first, let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. This is the uh, great segment called Press Coverage for Quality Tire. Nine locations in Saskatchewan. Check them out online at qualitytire.ca. We're coming to you from the uh, Dakota Dunes Casino and Resort. Here, courtesy of our friends of playnow.com. Ben Whiting was on the show to start uh, the, the show. You can catch it in podcast form. Go to playnow.com, and it's the only legal online betting site in the uh, province, and you can register in five easy steps. Glenn, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule. So the BC Lions roll into here, and I was listening to a recent interview from training camp with Rick Campbell, and he said, you know, I had to I had to answer so many questions last year. Are you really going to start Nathan Rourke? You're really going to start Nathan Rourke? And he said, believe it or not, I have a better feeling about my quarterbacks going in this year than I did last year, and they had the phenom Nathan Rourke. And I think that's actually, when you think about it, a pretty valid point by Rick Campbell. Yeah, because there's more of a track record there. There's actual, you know, wins and losses and how they overcome adversity and all of those things when you're talking about Vernon Adams and Dane Evans. So uh, because of that background and the re- resume, it's it's a much more sort of uh, known entity. Whereas Nathan, as good as he looked in practice and as good as he looked running the offense against his own team, it's not – you don't know until you know, until they actually get in games – and they have to execute it when it's full speed and when guys are tackling. And when, and when the quarterback's under duress, I think is most probably most important. As you know, the quarterbacks wear a different color jersey when they're in practice so that nobody gets near them and touches them or hurts them or, or even gets in front where they could follow through and hit a helmet. So that all changes everything when you get in the game and those D linemen are trying to track you down. And that's when you really know. And so 
It was a great story. We're going to watch him in Jacksonville. But I think the BC quarterback situation is pretty strong, to be honest with you. Two sort of different style guys, uh, two well-established veterans. Uh, they'll compete yet collaborate. Uh, both have uh, you know good leadership skills. So I, I think Rick Campbell's bang on. I, he's, he, he understands that position and is clearer with it this year than last at this point. And he's got to feel comfortable with both guys. Uh, and and one more thing, Dane Evans has a chip on his shoulder, and probably Vernon Adams does too. And I, I, I always factor that in when one team says you're not needed or your service is not needed anymore for us, and they go to another team and get another chance. Cody Fajardo comes to mind, Dane Evans. You know, Vernon Adams went through it a couple of years ago. So I, I, uh, yeah, I, I think they're good in that position. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be uh, prisoner of the moment. I did. Uh, I was lobbying. I thought it'd be a great thing for Bo Levi Mitchell to come to Saskatchewan. I'm happy we got Trevor Harris. Happy what I've seen from Trevor Harris. But that's an interesting storyline in Hamilton with Bo Levi Mitchell. He won't play in the first preseason game. By all accounts, he's looked pretty good in camp. But it'll be interesting to see if that shoulder can hold up to the uh, strenuous nature that is the regular season. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I think Jeremiah Mazzoli is going through some say, some similar issues when it comes to injuries. Different, of course, different injury. But, uh, you know, where where teams are, are wondering um, how will it hold up when you get into actual games? They don't want to – there's probably a pitch count because it's Bo's shoulder. So, you know, I'm not sure I, – I haven't heard an official report on this from, from Hamilton, but – I would make an educated guess that they are not overworking that arm for Bo Levi Mitchell, so he's going to need some preseason reps just to feel comfortable with everybody around him. And, and you know, Tommy Cottell's offense. I, that, that's the one thing, and we can get into this more in the season, Michael, but, you know, when you, when you talk about quarterback play, I am more and more convinced at just being around the league as long as I have that that – relationship between OC and quarterback is so important that they mesh correctly together. And and sometimes it meshes early and then wanes and sometimes it just doesn't get off to a great start and then recovers. So again, I don't want to be in the moment either when it comes to one bad game or, or a couple bad games in a row, but I do want to look at the, the new arrangements Tommy Condell with Bo and you know the different OCs with different guys. It's it's interesting dynamic. Yeah, it looks like Trevor Harris is catching on to Kelly Jeffrey here in Saskatchewan, even though he's back home now. Today he's supposed to have his third son. We haven't heard whether or not uh, his wife has made the most important delivery or carry of the season so far. We'll find out. <laughs> um, in terms of uh, you, what you just mentioned, I wonder if that gives uh, Cody Fajardo more of a fighting chance in Montreal with Jason Moss. Or the, the rumor was they weren't on the same page uh, in Saskatchewan, but obviously that wasn't the case because they reunite in Montreal. Although I think if Montreal would have had an owner, Trevor Harris probably would have stayed in Montreal. That's just my thoughts. Um, you know... This is a big yeah. year for Cody Fajardo because Cody Fajardo's career is on the line. He he uh, came out of nowhere after Zach Kalaros got hurt behind a veteran offensive line and not much tape on the guy except for being a third-down specialist and had a great year. And then the next year, things started to 
falter a little bit. It probably wasn't all on him, but the Riders should have won that West final when they forced five turnovers and uh, COVID shortened year in 2021, but Cody couldn't generate the offense they needed, and then he called out his receivers earlier in the year, and then last year, at the end of the year, talking about contract, and I hope people want me, and now he goes to Montreal. I feel like this is his last stand. He has to show it, or he's done. That's how I feel. It's a great point. Uh, I'll just I'll just quickly. Yeah, that was that, that's a funny line about Trevor Harris's wife and, and giving birth. I'll guarantee you <laughs> she'll be the toughest one in that family too, because she's going to yeah. be linebacker tough over the next little, little while here. So all the best to them. Um, yeah, you, you know I I have on this show. If you're a regular listener to the show, and I know there's hundreds of thousands of them, and and across the country too. Um, that tune in regularly, you've heard me defend Cody Fajardo. You've heard me say that I believe that one of his great superpowers is his ability to run and throw on the run and really press the edges of his offense so that it it puts defenders, defensive linemen, front sevens into a bind because they can't be as aggressive when they think he can escape. And when he lost the ability to escape, I really think it changed his accuracy. It completely adjusted his his um, timing, and and you know really affected his confidence. But I'm not going to defend him. You know now now is time to he's got to produce. I mean, you're right. You are bang on right. Cody Fajardo's career is is on the bubble as far as being a franchise guy. I mean he's a he's a very workable quarterback at the pro level and he can win but is he a franchise guy is he a big investment franchise guy that's going to lead you to a championship that's the question that has to be asked with every team not is he good enough to start you know can we can we be pretty good on off none of that what matters is can this guy get me to a championship game and win it and you know they've they've got to do it before you know for sure but Cody's got to prove it now. Cody has got to, you know, no more talking, no more excuses, not from me or anybody else. Go out and show us that it was a one-off and that you are the quarterback that started a couple of years back and, and led Saskatchewan to the West Final. Glenn, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Have yourself a good weekend. Enjoy the preseason action this weekend. Love it. Okay, thanks, Michael. Take care. That's Glenn Suter, press coverage for Quality Tire. When we come back on the other side of the news, we'll have the CFL report, then we'll break some bread with Luke Mullender, who's in-house here at the Dakota Dunes Casino and Resort just outside of Saskatoon. We're headed home for the preseason game, but not before we talk with Luke Mullender. It's the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker time at 4.33 inside the sports cage for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. Florida Panthers swept the Carolina Hurricanes last night with a 4-3 win. The Vegas Golden Knights will try to do the same to the Dallas Stars tonight. Vegas can sweep the Stars with a win. 6 p.m. puck drop tonight in Dallas. The Boston Celtics will try to stay alive once again tonight in the Eastern Conference Championship in the NBA down three games to one to the Heat. Game five, yes, in Boston tonight, 6.30. Opening tip, the Toronto Blue Jays, they lost again today to the Tampa Bay Rays, 6-3 to three this afternoon. The Jays dropped three of four in Tampa, and now we'll head up north to Minneapolis to start a three-game weekend series 
versus the Minnesota Twins. Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. And it's brought to you by Kevin's Marine and Fort Capel. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine and Fort Capel. Check them out in person or online at kevinsmarine.com. We just want to remind you that on Saturday, our broadcast begins at two kickoffs at five. Now, that's across the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Cooperators, Rough Rider Radio Network. But that audio will be meshed up with the video as you can watch Preseason action not covered by TSN, streaming on CFL.ca. So uh, from what I saw from the Calgary-Edmonton game, for the most part it was a great presentation. Well, pretty good presentation for a first offering. Hopefully they work out the kinks in terms of uh, syncing up the uh, radio with the uh, streaming, but uh, we're going to be on the call, myself and Luke Molander. And speaking of that, Luke's coming up next. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back to Dakota Dunes Casino and Resort in Saskatoon. Michael Ball along with Luke Mullender sitting at the table. Um, and Luke, uh, welcome here. Nice place here. I feel like losing some money is what I feel like. Yeah. I went and checked out if the poker table was open yet, man. They're not open. They're not open yet, yeah. Not yet. No, yeah, no. Get is that your game if you're in a casino? Uh, I mean, I like blackjack. I like roulette. I I feel like I have the most control over in a casino. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I just want you to look around here, though. It's a beautiful place. No, no, it is. But a beautiful place is built on a lot of losers, not many winners. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Right? No, totally. Right. If everybody won, this place would be shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, there'd be an inquiry. But the way they got it set up and the ambiance and the lounge, it's a really nice place. Well, you you know what? uh, I'm not sure. You know, when you leave, I know I'm leaving before you, but down the hall here. Yeah. Their restaurant that connected to the hotel is yeah. one of the best restaurants in the province. Oh, I gotta go check it out. Yeah. Then. I'm going to do that. Thanks for telling me that. Yeah. Okay, so let's break things down here. Uh, today, once again, they had a nice little competition towards the end of practice there down at the goal line. I like that. That's probably the most compete I've seen. Not, I'm not talking today, but just in general, that, that five or ten yards and in drill they do. Yeah, totally. Uh, and, and again, I think that. Any time you can get sort of that that competitive element, but a, but a fresh one, right? Like, because you saw them doing just sort of team move the ball, but mm. um, when you're on that five yard line, that that's some really important real estate to defend, and um, and defenses get up for that sort mm. of thing, right? Mm. So, yeah, I agree. You know, it's it's nice to see them, but uh, nice to see them, but I, I'm I'm really excited at this point. I'm just ready yeah. for them to get hit the field. I'll tell there. you what, man, the. Uh the world's into reality TV. What what are they on? Sur- Survivor six hundred and seventy six, yeah. or you got Big Brother, yeah, yeah. or you yeah. got Bachelor, Bachelorette, or whatever. Yeah. Dancing Blind with the love. Stars. Yeah, Blind Love. Yeah. Farmer finds a wife now. Yeah, they're they're actually going to have the Golden Bachelor. They're going to have a like an older dude. Pick like a sugar daddy, like sugar well, daddy. Well, no, bachelor? I think it's like a seventy-year-old guy picking uh, like a seventy-year-old woman. They're going to do that. But where I'm going, oh, with the, yeah, that'll be exciting. Yeah, where I'm going with yeah. this? Hey, don't laugh. You and I will tune <laughs> into the first one just to see what that train wreck looks like. That's exciting. Where I'm going with this is this is the ultimate yeah. reality yeah. show, yeah, and is. there are so many things we can sink our teeth into. I want to go through five things you're looking at. Uh, for camp here, and just uh, go through it for me if you like can. For the game? For the game. Yeah. Like, what are you looking for right. for this game? Give me number one. I've got, okay, the first, In no thing, particular the first order. thing that I'm watching is that quarterback number two battle. 
flat yeah. out. I can't wait for that. I think it's been a dogfight between Patterson, Fine, and Dolgala. And by the way, that's where I have them on the depth chart after uh, Trevor Harris right now. I've got I've got Shea Patterson as our backup, Mason Fine, and then I, I don't know if Dolgala is going to be around. He's just been too inconsistent. Great arm, great um, physical gifts. Just, I mean, today, for instance, <laughs> three in a row, yard line, three in right? a row. Like you, you miss, um, yeah, he misses. Uh, oh, got picked off by Amari Henderson. Pick six from from one of our studs in camp, Amari Henderson. Touchdown. And then, he, and then he threw a beautiful dime between two defenders for a touchdown. And then the following play, he threw it behind a defender. Like, it's like the stock market; you can't go up and yeah. down like that, especially when you when when coaches want somebody that's that's dependable at that quarterback spot. I don't think they're going to be willing to risk inconsistency after what we saw last year at the quarterback spot. So, so here's my question for you, though. When you bring that up, that's very interesting. You said right now you got Shea Patterson as yeah. My depth chart would be Trevor Harris, Shea Patterson, Mason. Fox. Okay, so help me out because as a as a guy that loves football but hasn't played like you <laughs> at that level, so you got Trevor Harris. You know that Mason Fine was our backup last year. Yeah. How how do you justify keeping him on the roster? But he's down a peg. Do you know what I mean? Like does that not look? Do the optics not look bad? Or who cares? You know what I mean? You know, you know what optics matter? Winning. W. Yeah. That's the only optic I yep. care about. I don't care about anybody else. I don't care about. I don't care about feelings. I'm trying to win. This is a team that had six wins last year. I'm trying to win a championship. And if someone and if someone doesn't like the fact that they 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 bump down a notch, that person doesn't have to be here either. That. This is a team that needs to win. Period. And I'm doing anything I can do to get there. Yeah, and I I like the kid's athleticism. Although I'm not buying he's six one. He looks a lot closer he's, to six feet. There's no way he's six one. There's no way he's six one. If he's six one, I'm under two hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he he he's a tall five foot eleven. So, but I, you know, yeah. You know, there's like inserts now that dudes put apparently in their shoes to I make. Know. I didn't know this was a thing. They do, yeah. Until I realized yeah. it was a thing. Yeah, there's they should have told me back around. in the day, yeah. yeah no, no. You're, I'm glad they didn't tell you that, man, because you're not like, dude, can you imagine the pride you you lack <laughs> I know. if you put heels in your shoes well, to make yourself seem it's bigger? Ca- it's calf and chest implants, too. I mean, people do a lot of dumb things. Okay, <laughs> so I got to ask you this, though. That was only one, yeah. Uh, I talked to Kelly Jeffrey, though, about that, staying on that first one. Yeah. I talked to Kelly Jeffrey a little bit just to do some intel on the game. I said, are we going to have even reps? He goes, well, as even as we can make them for yeah. three quarterbacks. We didn't tip his hand. So how do you think they're going to be dispersed? If you were watching, how do you think they're going to be dispersed? I don't know. I, that's a question. I mean, if, if you go by the last two practices, Dolgallo will be out there first. And then uh, and then Patterson and Final split it, right? But, uh, I mean, that's just in practice. They, uh, after what I saw today, again, I'm not sure. It depends what the coaches want to see, right? Like, mm-hmm. some guys let guys play themselves out of a position, too, right? So, yeah, that's a good point. So, again, I, I, I just, yeah, I think that, I think that you, whatever you do, don't do the whole, your quarter is this one, your quarter is this one, your quarter is this one, and then the best of you will get the fourth quarter. Don't do that. Just stay far away. From stay me. far away from yeah. that. Okay. Number two thing you're looking forward to for the game on Saturday. Offensive tackles. I really mm-hmm. like our potential, uh, the potential of our interior. I think that this interior right now for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Blake, Godbert, and Furland, it has the potential to be one of the better interior guard-center guard combos in the league. With some depth behind with Bandy and uh, Johnson. Yeah, with, 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 with Bandy and Johnson back there. Who knows what's going to happen there. But we need to figure out who, who's going to be the tackles on this team, right? And uh, I, I know that we, we just brought in another guy. but Council. Yeah, Council. I, I'm really excited to see, you know, what these tackles, because they're both new and they're both... Turner, granted, has been in the league for a while, yeah. but... 
these guys are both new, right? The LSU kid internal. So we got to see what what we got in the yeah. The, the, they, they seem to really like Hawkins. So Hawkins well, is a guy that you not the guy's as big as this casino. And, and, and he and he definitely is a good uh, a good leader so far. Like he's been leading and and uh, being one of those vocal guys. Yeah, the tackle's going to be huge. Exactly. That that's really what where the issue was yeah. last year with exactly. the Rough Riders. Yeah. So that's, right. that's that's our number two thing to watch. Okay, so number three thing you're looking for execution. That's the one thing that has also been really, really inconsistent. Is is this team needs to catch the football? Oh yeah. Um, I saw way too many drops again today. It's been the theme of camp. Um, you know, for instance, Randy Satterfield. I don't know how much more open you need to be to pull into a, a touchdown haul today, but he's out there dropping gifts, right? Um, you, this team needs to catch the football on Saturday. We need to find guys who can make the play on offense. It's been too inconsistent. Number 15, Sean Bain Jr., he was one of our Ballyhood free agency, uh, free agents coming in here. He's been way too inconsistent as well. He's been dropping some really easy ones and catching some harder ones. So you need to see execution specifically on that receiver side. And I got, a, I got a sneaking suspicion that... Uh Winicky is a bit banged up because we haven't really noticed him a lot in camp. Winicky, yeah, I don't know what's. I, he just is I a mean, guy. He's been dressed, but he isn't getting, yeah. getting the new reps. Hey, back to Council. He's six foot four, three hundred and twenty-eight pound blocker. Spent three seasons at Auburn, and then he was uh, with the New York Giants in or New York Jets, pardon me, in minicamp. So that's the guy you're talking about. They got rid of Jordan Tucker, yeah. who hurt his leg, so Tucker's out. Yeah. Lofton still in the mix of the tackles. Sorry, Lofton. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll tell you yeah. what the. Fa- I'm looking forward to whoever it is. Yes, catching the ball is obvious, but speed, speed from those guys, you know, yeah. in, in the receiving court. Can they stretch the field? What do we got there for, you know, the the, the Kendall Watson, even Lipscomb yeah, has been out. It there. hasn't been fast so far. So, no, so, no. so that's what we're going to want to see. And, and I think that that, uh, yeah, that that'll be big. And 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 it's kind of kind of leading to the next one. All right, and the next one is. Well, we got to find out the playmakers other than the playmakers we have. Um, so think about the defensive line. We know what Lanier's going to get, hopefully. Mm-hmm. We know um, what Michael Johnson going to do. Well, I don't know about Michael Johnson. Yeah. He hasn't been in camp that yeah. much either. But like we've got to figure out what we've got behind Lanier. So anybody not named Lanier and Robertson needs to make a play. Hopefully uh, does some good things. I'm really curious to see how Christmas and um, and uh, Miles Miles do. Yeah. Um, uh, the other the other side of that is is the linebacking core behind Micah Tights. I'm I'm anxious to see CJ Revis. So again, the guys that we don't necessarily know. Someone's got to make plays other than the playmakers. Yeah. It's the same on offense, right? Like Darrell Walker. Darrell Walker shouldn't be making all the plays in camp. Darrell Walker shouldn't be our best receiver in camp. Right now, I would, I would, I would honestly question if he's not the number one receiver, right? Like based on the inconsistency we've seen, so, which so is not, not other, great, exactly. In my so we need to see some playmakers other than the playmakers we know we have. Yeah, someone's got to step up. That's not one of those guys. And I'm interested to see about uh, the linebacking core in behind those front three, yeah, exactly. because because uh, can Brunson play? Can uh, someone's got to? Somebody's yeah. got to step up. And, and specials, do and and when we and we watch, don't don't remember. Uh, just don't forget that also includes special teams. Yes, and that's what a key is. They they'll, they'll dress an extra. They'll they'll dress an American linebacker if they can right. to play specials. And the fifth thing you're looking for in training camp or the first preseason game, pardon me. Well, the the fifth thing is 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 probably the most important, but it's also the least talked about. Is is in the first game we need to see some physicality. Um, if you look at the twelve losses from last year. Mm-hmm. The team got out physical in probably every single one of those games. Like, 
especially in the last part of the year, the riders were getting pushed around. Yep. Right? They were getting pushed around. They were they they looked out of their league in terms of, you know, physical condition. Um, and that's all got to start turning around. And the reason why I'm saying physicality, too, is because it wasn't there in practice, um, you know, the last two weeks. And not because the coaches didn't want to. It's just the pace that they had to go at. You know, guys were getting banged up early. Like, there were certain things they couldn't do in practice. And, again, we talked about it the last two weeks. You can't just turn it on. Right? You can't just You can't just turn around and be like, all right. Time to play football. I'm the most physical guy out there. No, it doesn't work like that. So this team has to be physical on Saturday, too, because they really have to. The guys who are going to be here, they need to start setting that tone. Yeah. Like, that's one of the gaps. And, 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 and I don't, you, the film's there. Go look at the last few losses of the season last year and tell me that those guys weren't getting beat up. Those guys were getting pushed around. And so that's got to turn around if this team wants to win a great cup, because that's the goal. That's the goal. It's not to compete. It's not to win the. It's not a home playoff game. The goal is to win the Grey Cup, and that's how it's always got to be. Good point. We'll be back with more. Luke Muller, Michael Ball, live from Saskatoon at the Dakota Dunes Casino and Resort, just outside of Saskatoon, here on 620 CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. You can get a hold of us, 936-6262, our number to text, brought to you by the Capital Auto Group. That's the number to call locally, or one 877 We've got Pick the Score coming up in a little bit. Uh, we'll get more from Luke Molliner, but first let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline and talk to our friend, that would be Brian Raymond at Flowing Springs. Is it raining there, Brian, because it's raining here? It is not raining here right now. We had a little bit of a shower earlier in the day, probably for about 40 minutes or so, but it hasn't rained since. The sun was out for a while. It has become overcast, though. Okay, but that hasn't. you can still come out and play tonight if you want? Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about coming out there this weekend if the weather holds up. Uh, could make a, a great sports day Saturday. You could go golf and then go to the Ryder game. Well, absolutely. And, you know, I know some folks will be com- maybe coming into town and going to the Ryder game. Hey, come early, bring your sticks, and uh, give us a call, and we'll set you up with an opportunity to play a great golf course. Uh, it's in good shape. And, uh, you know, we've got some, you know, lots of openings right now for the weekend, so give us a call. All right, and of course, uh, get uh, bring us up to speed on some of the great uh, deals you have going on up there, including an all-natural, nice uh, driving range, too. Well, that is a, a, a big attraction out here. Uh, we have a lot of folks come out and use it. We don't use any mats. Everything is grass. It's a huge driving range, and there's no waiting. You don't have to sit in line, wait for an opportunity to play. It's uh, We can probably take about 50 people at a time on our driving range. And like I say, it's all grass. We have target greens out there. And, of course, if you want to play, come out and play golf. We've got some great specials. You talk about tonight, every night after 6 o'clock, it's only $19 to come out and walk the golf course. If you come out and play a little bit earlier than that, you can play for $35 after 3 o'clock. And don't forget, if you're a senior or a lady, every Monday, every Wednesday, $32 to come out and play the golf course. And if you're not one of those, a senior or a lady, we'll give you this ideal of $42, a big savings from 55 That's awesome. And how do they get a hold of you, Brian? Give us a call at 306-543-5050, and you can book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. Take care, man. Hopefully it's a good weekend of golf, uh, and uh, Luke and I have promised to get out there once uh, we're back to town, okay? Awesome. That would be great. Thanks. Take care, Brian. Uh, Luke, let's bring you in on the conversation. You heard me uh, talking with Glenn Suter. I, I really 
This isn't this isn't this isn't anti Cody, but I this is Cody's last chance. Last chance you for Cody. He's got to do something to prove he's a starter. Well, and and, and listen, I you know yeah, you don't want to start ragging on a guy. I I I wish the guy all the best, right? I mm-hmm. never want to see at the end of the day. Uh, uh, I just know how short the window is to play this game that, yeah. that we love, right? Uh, I think that I think that I know what I saw. Yep. So so I don't care that that people say, oh, yeah, no, this Cody going with Jason Moss means they were on the same page. No, they weren't. I saw what I saw. I saw the sideline interactions after every second and second and that two and out. I saw the sideline interactions after every bad sack. They're not on the same page. Jason Jason Moss wants um, wants to go outside of what Cody Fajardo is is his skill set is. That's what I think. So I'm not sure if it gets any better in Montreal. I just hope it does because again, you don't want guys failing. This this window and and pro football is, is is too small. Why do you think he's there then? Where else was he going to be? Yeah. Right. Where else was he going to be if not Montreal? Yeah. Which which other team? Let's go through them all right now. Ottawa, they've got two quarterbacks. Toronto, and Hamilton, nope, Bo's there, right? Let's go. Let's go now. Move down. Winnipeg, nice try, right? Saskatchewan, sorry, right? Edmonton, um, Edmonton, got one. Right? Cal- Calgary, Calgary, the next man's up. We don't know if it's the right guy, but it's next guy. BC, two guys. Yeah. Where was he going to go? Speaking of BC, do you agree with uh, Coach Rick Campbell that he thinks his quarterbacking situation is better this year yeah, than last crazy. year? Coach Cam- Coach Campbell needs to get off that BC bud. It's not better. It's not better. It's not better. And and I'm just being honest. I I don't know. Maybe it's you don't hold up. They got a great team besides the question. Yeah, of quarterback. that's the thing though. I, I think that's what it is. I think that Rick Campbell. I don't think Rick Campbell trusts his quarterback situation better. I think he trusts his team more. The team around the quarterback. BC and Toronto are very similar, except BC has a little more experience. Right I think Toronto. I don't think Toronto. I don't think they're uh, that good. No, I don't think Chad Kelly's going to be. Uh, I'm still. I'm still. I don't know why I'm pessimistic on Chad Kelly, and and I'm, and you know what the worst part is? It's not even based off what we saw out of Chad Kelly in the Grey Cup. It's just the interviews that followed up after after I listened to Ch- Chad Kelly talk about the opportunity he had. I just felt like uh, there's this isn't the guy that the, the Argos are going to look at for long term. He what doesn't I, even look at the Argos long term. What I mean though is Toronto and BC have really good teams. It's just the quarterback spot that the most important position. BC's a little bit ahead there. I think there. there's a few teams like that right now. That are that are. I think Ottawa's a good team, um, and they got questionable QB situation. Let's go there while we have a minute. Nick Arbuckle, what do you make of that? Like he was great in Calgary. Was that a systems thing? Because after that, he's never taken off anywhere. Who did Nick Arbuckle have coaching him? In Calgary? Yeah. Well, yeah, Dave Dickinson yeah, and, yeah, and, and 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 Mueller was there. Yeah, and, some pretty darn good coaches. Yeah. Who's he had since? Right. Where was he after Calgary? So you think you think Kahari Jones can have a big impact on him there in uh, Ottawa? Uh, Kahari Jones is a guy that you want to go to war with, and you you love him. He's an intense guy, but on the the game plan side of things, it it gets pretty vanilla. Mm-hmm. Like I think Kahari Jones is a coach that relies a lot more on the relationships that he develops with the locker room than he does on his ability to coach. Right. So for instance, you know what I think about it? Like Derek Spolstra, mm-hmm. coach Spoke mm-hmm. in the, with the Miami Heat. Yeah. Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Eric. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Eric Spolstra, Miami Heat. Like, are you seeing what the Heat's doing to the Celtics? Yeah. 
The Celtics are the same team. That's the same team that dominated all last year. That's the same team, right? Yeah. You know what the difference is? Spo is a head over heels coach, better a, be, a better coach than the yeah. guy the Celtics have. And here it's the same way. You can only go so far on locker room motivation and guys loving you to death, right? Yeah. You've got to be a strategic leader that 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 can, yeah, lead. When we come back, we'll get some more comments from Luke Mulder and our one to watch. This is the sports cage from Saskatoon and the Dakota Dunes Casino and Resort. Uh, resort, pardon me. Our sponsor of the show is the Canadian Brew House, and we're here courtesy of PlayNow.com. We'll be back with more after the five o'clock news sports talk lives here welcome to another hour of the sports cage with your host michael ball Man, look at that. welcome back to the sports cage into our final hour the show is brought to you by the canadian brew house all our guests come to you via the western pizza hotline we're going to hear from the rough riders um running backs coach andre bolduc coming over from montreal uh and uh, we can tell you the text line powered by the Capital Auto Group coming to you from the Dakota Dunes Casino and Resort uh, just outside of Saskatoon. We're here courtesy of PlayNow.com. All right, so i got to ask you. We're talking quarterbacks, Luke Mullender. Let's go right. from east to west, one being the least amount of pressure, okay. ten being the most pressure right. for quarterbacks, okay? Because that's the big storyline. The game starting and end with quarterbacking. Who's under the gun? Bo the Levi most. Mitchell, one to ten. Amount of pressure for Bo Levi Mitchell in a great cup year? Six. Okay. A, nobody cares in Hamilton except Hamilton, and Hamilton's really small. But B... Also, nobody expects anything from Bo. I really think that. Really? Yeah, I think that people are. Uh, I think that people think that that Bo's past his prime, and I don't anticipate having like high expectations okay. there with him. I think that Hamilton knows that they need their entire team to lift that system. Jeremiah Masoli, Ottawa Red Blacks new coach, Bob Dice. Five. Right in the Same middle. Same thing. Yeah. Nobody's really expecting anything from from Masoli. I think. don't even know but he'll they, be ready they, to they're go. They're selling this whole sob story. Yeah. About you know the um, his injury and stuff. Like I get it, but man, like so develop the other guy, right? Like why is mm-hmm. the the story still on Jeremiah Masoli? So again, I don't think there's much pressure there because I don't think there's a lot being expected. Cody Fajardo. Well. A little bit bigger, obviously. They're probably about a about a seven. That that team's got to win. Um, but I think that the owner does. I, I think their new ownership probably doesn't expect to win. I think that he's looking at. He's a business guy and a really successful one at that. I mm-hmm. think that what he's looking at this year is is an evaluation of the entire organization. I think that that's what guys do, right? They they get in there when they've had a ton of success and they do this large SWOT analysis, essentially, right? All right, where's our strengths? Where's our weaknesses? Where are the opportunities? What's threatening us, right? And, and I think that he wants to do that for the whole organization so i think that wins would be nice but they've got an owner in the first year that knows where they were last year and knows where the competition level is so far and uh i think it's about seven too because his coach uh is not a patient man on the sidelines and jason moss so there'll be some interior pressure mm-hmm. there too yeah. right for mm-hmm. sure or immediate on field pressure and of course wrapping up the east I'm assuming it's going to be Chad Kelly. They've got five arms in camp with 45, yeah. com- 45 completions combined, I think, or something like yeah. that. Um, I think that the pressure is there a little bit more because, for some, I, I'm going to give that a, I'm going to give that a seven as well. Oh, and, okay. And the reason why I think that is that I, uh, for some reason people aren't convinced about Ryan Dinwiddie. 
as a head coach. So I think that people are, uh, I think the people are going to focus a little bit more on dinner and, and, and just are they going to be able to repeat? And yeah, Chad Kelly's going to come in there and, 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 and be their starter. But yeah, for some reason, it just feels like people don't believe in Ryan Dinwiddie, at least the people outside of his locker room. I think that, I think that organization internally is really tight and it seems like they're probably pretty confident, right? Mm. But um, yeah, I just feel like the pressure isn't there in Toronto because yeah, nobody can, nobody's convinced. Okay, well, let's, Let's go to the West now. We'll start with the team that's been the class of the league the last three yeah. years, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Pressure there, Two. one to ten? Two, yeah. Two. No pressure. I think that that's, that's the most cohesive unit in, in all of the Canadian Football League. I think that they know exactly who they are. They know who they can trust. They've got a great core. They've got great coaching staff. There's no pressure. I, when, you, when, you're as, when you're an organization that's been to the last three Grey Cups, Right, there's no pressure on anybody because that that that's truly a family dynamic there. But internally, you know, Zach will put it at about an eight on himself, right? Because he'll want to want to be great. Well, you know, I mean, if you're talking internal pressure, yeah. everybody's a ten because that's yeah. what that's yeah. what you have to to yeah. be great in this yeah. business. Yeah, you got to put pressure on yeah. yourself. All right, let's go to Edmonton. Interesting there because they have really a, they have yeah. a one in home on home yeah. turf in two years. Yeah, uh, guaranteed win night to start. They spent all that money and all the receivers, Dunbar Junior, yeah. and of course. Gino Lewis, they're at an eight. Kyran Moore and, yeah, and Taylor Green is coming. Yeah, they're I think so. I think so. They're they're at an eight on the quarterback position, but they're as also, a team, they're also at an eight as an organization. And, and Chris Jones, but but Chris, granted, Chris Jones likes this scenario. Chris Jones is at a nine. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, the, I do that too. that Edmonton fan base bought the Kool Aid that Victor uh, Quee was hawking at the uh, on his lemonade stand, right? Like, hey, you know, this guy's a genius. Let him work. Let him build the foundation, right? But so so they bought it last year, and I'm glad they did because I do think that that they've got the tools there, mm-hmm. and Chris Jones is the best in the league. So, I, I but again, you you lose the first couple games, and that fan base and the alumni turn pretty quick. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. If it goes according to script, though, Chris Jones' team is going to compete hard this year yeah. and be in the mix yeah. if it goes according to script. Oh, okay. I, yeah, absolutely. I think they're going to challenge for a playoff spot. Yeah. Okay, sure. let's go, let's go uh, Calgary Stampeders. Jake Mayer, you've said... Uh, Ten. Ten. Four hundred. Four hundred and ten. <laughs> Four hundred and ten times three. And then multiply that again. And then multiply it by the, the jackpot up here in the do you, casino. Do you, think sec- because- do you think secretly they, they are... Even though they won't admit it, like they maybe moved on too fast from Bo Levi Mitchell? No, 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 no. They didn't move on too fast from Bo Levi Mitchell. They just picked the wrong guy to move on to, I think. Right? I think that that's the dilemma they're going to be looked at, uh, faced with this year. Is that, you know, we, we put all this trust and all this faith in, in, in Mayer, but he's got to be the guy. And, and Calgary is, 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 has always been quarterback-centric, Right? Think of all the quarterbacks that have gone through that have had great success. Henry Burris, Bo Levi Mitchell, right? Dave Doug Dickinson. Flutie, Dave Dickinson. Dave Dickinson. Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia. That is an that is a team and a community that expect great football player. So the pressure on him is like Luther always tells me, ten hundred million. Yeah. That's his favorite <laughs> number, and that's what that's what the pressure is in Calgary. Four year old Luther. Yeah. Okay, let's go um Let's go with the BC Lions. We talked about him earlier. Rick Campbell said, hey, I like my quarterbacking actually better this year than last year. What's the pressure on Vernon Adams and Dane Evans? Keep in mind, they had all the momentum with Nathan Rourke, the owner spending a lot of money. He wants to see, you know, he wants that off-field and on-field to mesh. Seven. 
I think there's more. I think I think the real battle is going to be when Dane Evan plays this year, when Dane Evans hits the field. That's what I think they're going to be. I, I so I don't think there's. I, I think there's going to be a little bit of a of a of a short leash on 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 VA. Vernon Adams. He's always at a short. And leash. I think that Dane Evans that he's going to be under the pressure. I feel like Dane Evans is going to be put in a situation where he's got to be the difference maker because if he's not then they're totally screwed right there. For some reason they forgot about their other Canadian quarterback who did pretty good but before he got hurt oh, against wow. us. Michael O'Connor. Yeah. We were we were kryptonite to quarterbacks last year. Michael O'Connor went down to us and Jeremiah Masoli apparently his career ended. And Nathan Rourke got hurt. They're always too. talking in Ottawa. Oh, our season ended at the Riders game. That year when Masoli, yeah, guess what? Our season ended too. No, you're, you don't see us crying. No, your season ended when you had the field goal offense led by Paul Lapolice. The yeah, three-point well, offense, uh, right? Lapo's the golden boy, right? I mean, <laughs> they, they love that. that you called him going back to TSN. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, look at that. Just a cushy job. Like, you'd think he was Nick Saban. Well, that's why they didn't call him out. Oh, I know. Exactly. They're what? all buddies. Okay, and lastly, now, we differ here. We differ here. Yeah. Now, uh... uh Ten, bi- ten, one hundred billion or whatever your kid called it. Okay, yeah, yeah. ten hundred million for Jake Mayer and then and then these other guys. Mm-hmm. I think the quarterback with the most pressure is Trevor Harris. He yeah. comes in here. He's yeah. the quarterback of Canada's team. We're coming yeah. off a terrible year. Yeah. Everybody's on. You got an offensive coordinator trying to prove himself. Yeah. You got coach and GM that are on their last year yeah. on the hot seat. Maybe the president. And you've got a guy learning a new system with yeah. new weapons. Yeah. I think he's got the most pressure. I think he has. A negative four pressure. Really? There is zero pressure on Trevor Harris for all the reasons you just mentioned. Right? If Trevor Harris goes out and throws four interceptions on week one in his first four throws, and two of them goes back to get, get, get two of them go back to the touchdown, here's the narrative. Half of Rider Nation is going to be, well, you know what? Cody would have thrown five. The other half of Rider Nation is going to say, man, Craig Dickinson needs to be fired. There is going to be so much, there's going to be so much cow dung thrown everywhere else but Trevor Harris. This guy came in. He's the third best quarterback in the league. Okay? He's already proven that we needed uh, you know, we needed him uh, just by watching him out here. It's It's been night and day compared to the environment around the quarterback position with Trevor Harris here. There is zero pressure on him because all the pressure, right? If he plays bad, oh, well, jail brought him in. Craig's, you know, Craig doesn't have these guys in, right? If he gets sacked, oh, man, we still have the oh, same problems on the old Offensive line. If he throws a pick, well, Luke Mullender's been saying they've been dropping the ball all camp. You know what I mean? Like there is, there is going to be zero, zero um, focus on anything negative in terms of Trevor Harris. That's I promise you. I love it. That's great. no, I'm serious. Yeah, that's Dude, great. I'm serious. So, so what you're two, so three what you're... picks in a row, and all three of them can go. But the Riders will be down 21 nothing to the Edmonton Elk week one. So what you're and, telling, and people will literally say, "Oh man." Glad Cody in here. He would have thrown four picks for touchdowns. So what you're telling me is his lovely wife is the only one with pressure today because That's she's it. delivering the baby. That's it. Listen, she's the most pressure listen, all year. This, the, the most pressure right now is is for, for a ball not to get dropped in the most important hospital room. And it's that one, right? I mean, we've been dropping balls left, right, and center out here in, in, Saska- in Saskatoon. So, yeah. I mean, it shouldn't be anything. I'm. It's just, man, honestly, it's just great. Like, like the guy's in a fantastic environment here. He's got a team around here. I think that is loaded with. I do think they they got talent here. Yeah, I do. I just I just can't for the life of me. I just don't see them turning it on. They've got to figure out a way to turn it on because they haven't turned it on yet. The light switch hasn't came on in camp. Like there's far again the drop ball issue is far. And the worst part about it is yeah, 
the worst part about it is, is the drop ball issue has never sort of been like addressed, like when it happens. Like Satterfield dropped. Listen to this. Satterfield dropped a wide open touchdown today in team drill, and I watched him go off. And you know what? One of the coaches hugged him. Oh, it's all right, buddy. And like they were high five. And the day before that was Bain Jr. I'm like, what? No blazes, man. Like you know, like and it's and it's become like you know the DBs dropping. Oh, look at all. They're all doing push-ups. Ha ha ha. No. Stop it. Someone's got to turn this on here. The goal is a great cup. It's always a great cup. Right now, we haven't seen a Grey Cup team. But I'm not saying it's not there. Mm-hmm. We don't see it right now. So the, the light's got to come on, and we can't, we can't just allow certain things to just pass. And the drop ball issue when it's not addressed, right? Like, you, you can't, like if you drop five balls in the exhibition game, but everybody's happy that we, we didn't get a ton of penalties, wrong, wrong narrative. Yeah. You I'm going to tell, tell you this right now. A receiver in today's day and age with the gloves they wear should never drop a pass. It should be, it should be. if it's wide open like that, you should never drop a pass. Those gloves, I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's yeah, unbelievable. They are, those, those gloves, I mean, hey, the technology's there, right? Yeah, catch the ball. <laughs> Use your hands. <laughs> we'll be back with our one to watch or ones to watch in a moment here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. I'll tell you what, I'm so pumped. Not just for the preseason game, but I get to see the preseason game in new Specs by Ryan glasses. I'm gonna, I don't know if I wear my Rider green ones or the blue ones I got. I got two pair. Why did you go to Specs by Ryan? Because I love it. And get all that free product yeah. and pick blue and green glasses. Blue for my eyes. Oh, is it the... Yeah, no, oh. blue for my eyes because I got blue eyes and it brings out my eyes and... and did you really say that to me? Yes, I did say it that to me. It brings out my eyes? Yeah, blue in my oh eyes. My and then I got green, not not Ryder Kelly green, not R- Ryder Kelly green, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. green for, for the Riders and green. for my son's football team in North Dakota. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, good save. Good save. Hey, listen, I, mean, I talked about tanning on a fishing boat last year, so you're going to get on my case about my eyes? Well, I mean, there's not too many guys out there yeah. that are like, oh, yeah, man, I got some yeah. sick glasses, bro. Yeah. These really bring out the color of my eyes. Yeah. I love our buddy Patrick, Patrick Janix. He's going to be operating the road booth. Yeah. He looks like he's from the Trailer Park Boys. He does. He looks like the guy from the Trailer Park Boys. Bubbles. He does. He's laughing like that's a good thing right now. We could actually (laughs) set up an autograph booth and people be like, hey, that's Luke Motor from the Riders. Yeah, never mind him. I I don't know who the balding small guy in the middle is, but that's Bubbles. (laughs) Well, his glasses really bring out his eye color, though. I don't know. That's awesome. Shut up. (laughs) They treat you right there. Specs by... No, they do. They're they're they're, great They're a good... I I know a ton of people who have Specs glasses and really love them. Yeah. I I always... This is a true story. If I needed glasses, I'd go. Yeah, you're cool, though, and way better than me. Yeah, Uh, yeah. But if I... I I got swag. I drove drove past there many times thinking, oh, that place is... I just can't do it. It's too cool for me. I went in there a little intimidated. Ryan showed me everything. It was awesome, man. And it was a great time. So we do something called One to Watch. Yeah. Uh, four specs by Ryan. Yeah. Uh, don't just get glasses, get specs. I want you to tell me in this segment, besides Trevor Harris, we've said he's up there as the best guy in camp. Yeah. Give me the next three guys who've had the best camp the so best, far. The best training camp so, so far. So far. Before the game. And I'm going to give it to you in order. Yep. Larry Dean. Is that three or one? Larry Dean's three. Yep. 
Um, and Larry Dean just it brought everything. Mm-hmm. It's not just what he's doing on the field. It's just you should you should hear the respect these guys have. For oh yeah, like when they're like you've seen it. Last like, year good. was a and last the, year was and, unbelievable. And his and his vocal leads like Larry Dean. Yep. Larry Dean is the, the, the is number three. Number two is Amari Henderson. Oh, Amari yeah. Henderson has come in here and uh, and for as long as I've been doing this, for as long as I've been privileged to sit on the sidelines at training camp and watch his camp amongst the defensive players is 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 up there. Yeah. Like uh, so, Amari Henderson and the number one is Shea Patterson, hands down, hands down. Shea Patterson oh, has wow. been the best player at training camp when it comes to coming out and getting the job done. You know who else I think confidence? Had a, yeah. He's, yeah. I I I like his swag. Yeah. And and that's why I mean yeah. Like before I I said my depth chart. If my depth chart week one, if someone asked me about quarterbacks, yeah. Harris, yep. Patterson, Fine, Dolgallo. Two other guys that want to mention as honorable mentions. Yeah, I got one too. Darrell Walker has had some great hands. Amen. Uh, awesome hands, and he that presence. I don't know that it's good or bad. He it's should not. A good he, thing. he shouldn't be a number one, but he has been our best receiver in camp. Hey, and hopefully everything. he continues to be right. Yeah, yeah. The only one I saw him drop was when he nonchalantly tried to make a one-handed catch in the near sidelines, and and then after that he was catching everything, and that was yeah. early in camp. And right. the other one for me. Because there are no tackling drills, mm-hmm. Nick Marshall's been pretty good. He's been mm-hmm. he's been all over the field. Because there's been no tackling. Well, he's not a ta- <laughs> well, he's not a tackler. He's not a tackler, right? Right? I, oh, it's That's true. Great. It's true. It's true. It's true. And, and another guy I want to give. Hey, on- you know what? With what? no football, these receivers catch everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else has been good? Just from a workman standpoint, we heard from the de- uh, defensive back coach Marcus Clunt. Jackson Ford has come here and worked. He's worked oh, yeah. hard. Yeah, he's worked yeah. hard. Like he is. Yeah. As if you were a veteran on this team and you're watching this guy run around, yeah. you're like, this guy wants to be a part yeah. of this team. No, I, I totally agree. That. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that assessment. Is he going to be our starting no. safety? No. But yeah, the fu- the future is really bright. The sky is the limit for that kid for sure because you can see it. I think my um my um honorable mention honorable mention isn't going to go to a player. It's going to go to a coach. The new offensive line coach, Coach Vital. Yep. I think he's been doing a really good job. I, I've pay. I've I've I went in and and you know it was more of a slower pace day to day, but I, I went in. I've been watching and paying attention to that group. I think that group is really starting to gel around him. I think he does a really good job communicating an expectation. Um, I think he's got the guys working hard. I think they really respect him. Um, yeah. So so he's. I, I think that he's done a great job with that offensive line and 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 there's a lot of pressure there just because mm-hmm. of the offensive line. And what it looked like last year. He's got two new offensive tackles, and I think that for him, the the battle is going to be um, actually understanding the expectation, right, and not sort of not panicking if 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 one of those tackles comes out week one and and doesn't have the best game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you've, you, there's there's a little bit of trust that needs to be had here right off the mm-hmm. bat. Um, but I think he's done a great job. We're going to hear from him and uh, Marcus Klundigan and. Andre Bolduke in the last half an hour. Thanks for your time, man. Have a safe right, trip home. Yeah. We'll yeah, talk you to too. you tomorrow, you too, yeah. and then we're going to get to it Saturday. Yeah, I right. can't wait for Saturday. Oh, it's going to be in my new glasses, too. <laughs> you bring out the blue in my eyes. Are you going to wear a blue collar? I think I might just to pick you off. Dude, guys, I don't know what I do. I, just what try, have I done? Just try not to hug me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM.
Zinger here with your 620 CKRM Sports. The Boston Celtics will try to stay alive once again tonight in the Eastern Conference Championship in the NBA. Down three games to one to the Heat. Game five in Boston, 6-30. Opening tip, the Toronto Blue Jays fell to the race 6-3 this afternoon. The Jays dropped three of four in Tampa and now head up to Minneapolis, Minnesota to start a three-game weekend series versus the Minnesota Twins. And the Florida Panthers, well, they swept the Carolina Hurricanes with ease last night, 4-3 win. And the Vegas Golden Knights, they will try to do the same tonight against the Dallas Stars. That's a 6 p.m. puck drop. Let's round the bases. Time for today's Sports Cage Regina Red Sox reports on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. And that sports ticker was brought to you by Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will, will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. And yes, this Regina Red Sox report is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Enjoy the NHL at the CBH Saturday nights with a dollar off tankards. And opening day for the Regina Red Sox, game one of 58. Red Sox in Weyburn tonight to take on the Beavers, weather permitting, of course, as of right now. It does look like the game is a go. The forecast I'm looking at says just a mild chance of rain in Weyburn around 7 p.m. tonight. So if you can't make it out to the game tonight in Weyburn, well, you're in luck. If you have Access TV, you can catch the game live on Access Now, channel 507 on your HD panel. It's the first of 10 Red Sox games to be broadcasted on Access this season. I believe eight of those 10 will be home games at Curry Field. Red Sox hit the road once again tomorrow in Swift Current before returning to Regina for the home opener on Saturday night versus those Swift Current 57s. I've been waiting to say this. It's time to play ball. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage here for the Canadian Brew House. Go check out their menu in Regina. Lots of great things on the menu. Lots of great sports to watch. And pretty soon you'll be able to watch CFL regular season football. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. And you can text the 936-6262 powered by the Capital Auto Group. Uh, Luke Molliner has now left us, but he was talking about Anthony Vitelli. The offensive line coach comes over from Edmonton. I had a chance to catch up with Anthony. Here with Riders offensive line coach Anthony Vitelli. So far, uh, you're uh, in your coach and a new group to you. How's it been going? It's been going good. The guys are working hard. They're engaged in the meetings and good tempo in practice. So we're having fun. They're working hard. We're getting better. Yeah. So we'll talk about uh, some of the guys on that offensive line, bringing a Phil Blake in. What does he bring to this group? Yeah, obviously the experience he brings, uh, not only the number of years that he's played, but having been in different systems, working with different people, just provides a depth of experience and knowledge that he can help uh, some of the young guys and even some of the guys who have been around uh, just see it how he sees it different ways dealing with different players it's been really neat to have his input in those meetings through your eyes coach what did we get in peter godber here this off season uh he's he's a workaholic i'll tell you that he's in he's driving you crazy you're uh he wants to know about this front and hey if he aligns like this and he, he'll go through it off top to bottom and um so just that aside you know obviously his playing talent is obvious but uh just bringing that work ethic and that professionalism to the room has been big uh for us 
I'm looking forward to seeing what Logan Bandy can bring this year. It wasn't a great year for the Riders, but Logan learned kind of trial by fire in there as an offensive lineman, got some valuable reps, so now he knows what it takes to play uh, at, at a high level. Sure. I mean, there's no replacement for game reps, right? You have to get in there and see it at that speed with different defenses, different guys, and uh, so there's no substitute for those things. So him being able to get the experience of lining up and playing against other guys in meaningful games and, and downs uh, was big for his development and uh, he's had a good camp, so I'm excited to see how he progresses throughout these games. How about those uh, two uh, local guys, Logan Furland, Evan Johnson? They train together, they're buddies, and it seems at times they're against each other in terms of fighting for a position. What have you seen from both of those guys? Sure, they're, they're both... Uh, hard workers. They both uh, know it well. They've both had really good flashes throughout camp. Uh, you know, so uh, it'll be tough. I think the game will be telling uh, in that aspect to really let them let loose against somebody else and see what they do. But it's been fun to watch that throughout camp. Speaks to, I guess, maybe the improved depth of the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, we feel like it's going to be a challenge to, you know, it's it's not an easy out. You know, nobody can look and, and uh, predict kind of who it's going to be, you know, and anytime you have that, it uh, these guys are driven anyway, but it pushes you maybe just a little bit more because you know you got depth in the room. But also from a coaching standpoint, we have a next man up mentality, and we know that that next guy can play. So um, it's been fun to watch, sit back and watch him compete. Coach Patelli, what have you seen from the tackles? That's been a big uh, talking point coming into this season. Gerald Hawkins is a guy that was out of football for a bit but brings some veteran presence. But other than that, what have you seen from the tackle spot? Yeah, I mean, Hawk has been great for us. He's a hard worker, and obviously his experience in the NFL and then coming up here and being able to uh, provide some of that experience and input to the guys. And, uh, I mean, he's a, he's a second coach almost helping some of those tackles develop. And then, you know, I mean, the rest of those guys are working hard. we got some good young guys who, uh, you know, some have been in this league and other spots and some are, are coming up from down south whether as rookies or somewhere else but uh, all those guys are working hard and, and it's been obvious the development they've made day to day so the strides are obvious and exciting you know I'm interested because you come in here with a fresh slate like you don't have any uh, built-in biases towards the players how has that helped you you know has that been an advantage to you just to kind of look at it as a blank whiteboard so to speak yeah I mean you try to do that anyway you try hard yeah. you know you try really You're hard only human though, yeah right? definitely you know the guys and you kind of feel like you got it um yeah i mean it's it's um you know from that standpoint you try just to evaluate them on that day and not talk about last year and not yeah. talk about the noise and and yeah. really just let them focus on their development day to day because that's what it's about it's yeah. even guys who were here last year or i had seen before in other places you just they're different than they were at the time you had them. So you just focus on where are they at now, how can I help them become the best player they can possibly be and create an environment for them to succeed, and just nothing other than that. Okay, so let me go at it the other way here. So you come in here, you, you saw them from afar, you are on another team last year, you watch film, now you coach these guys. Is the perception of what you thought they were different from what they are? Like, do you know what I mean? I think at times the O-line got unfairly criticized at times last year. Yeah, I think for this group it's unfair to reference last year. Yeah. Like, it, it, it takes their ability to just work at their pace and their natural progression which is in any training camp uh, when you start comparing it to something else you try to force fit uh, a progression or something that um, is not fair to them so I think the biggest thing is yeah I mean you've seen guys before it's a small league we've seen them all yeah. but I, I really do try hard and I mean that you try hard to come in and just evaluate them where are they at now and how can I create an environment for them to grow and become a, a better player and become the best they can be and not really worry about 
Now, I'm not watching last year's tape yeah. when I have yesterday's tape to evaluate. 100%. 100%. And lastly, what kind of O-line will we see under your tutelage? Or what, what kind of O-line do we want to see under your tutelage? Well, the mission statement is that we want to be tough. We want to be physical. That's that's something that we talk about quite a bit. We want to be able to run the ball well. Um, those things are important to us. We want to lead the league in effort. Uh, we want to be a hard-working group that's going to finish plays and get down the field. Our backs and receivers and quarterbacks need to know that we have their back. And we just want to establish that culture. And that transcends scheme or anything else that we're doing. We just want to build that and make it really important to us. I'm excited. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate your time. That's Anthony Vitelli, new offensive line coach for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Also had a chance to catch up with two more assistant coaches. And before we go to break, let's hear from the Riders defensive backs coach, Marcus Clund. You're with the Riders defensive back coach, Marcus Clund. So far, what are you seeing from your group? Man, they're, they're flying around. They're playing fast. Uh, the communication has been awesome. It's a, it's a fun group to coach, man. They're, they're eager to learn. They want to be coached. They, they know the, uh, the attention to detail is extremely important to be successful. Uh, man, it's just it's a phenomenal group. I'm really excited about this group. You need to get them on the jugs machines a little yeah. bit. <laughs> We've had too many drop picks. We had a really good one today. Yeah. You know, Mari had a really good one. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've we've dropped way too many. Yeah. Um, but that's something we talk about. We get on the jugs machine every day after practice. Yeah. You know, and we try to get as much balls as we can in drills. But yeah. you know, those are we can't we can't miss it on great opportunities because those only come so often. So we got to make sure we capitalize on them. Coach, you're an athletic, diminutive guy. How yeah. much, uh, how much appreciation do you have for an Amari Henderson who oh, punches man. above his weight? Oh man, I mean, Amari's just—he's just that—he's just, that, just that guy. You know, he came in a little bit heavier, yeah. which is good. Something we talked about at the end of uh, last season. You know, something for him to focus on in the offseason coming in. So he did that. He came in a little bit heavier. You can tell he's—he's he's a little bit bigger. He's stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, his his skill set from just a coverage coverage standpoint, he is—he's—he's he's lights out, man. He's. Really patient with his technique. He plays with great eyes. Uh, like I said, great patience. And, man, he's, he just has a knack for it right now. You know, coming into year two, you know, usually that's where we see a, a big, you know, incline uh, with our guys coming into year two in the yeah. league. So, so uh, Nick Marshall, we know what he can do. Uh, what do you want to see from him uh, to take the game to the next level or just to solidify things in the secondary? Just just consistency. You know, consistency. You know, trust his ability. You know, he, he knows he has the ability to make a big play at any point in time. You know, it's just, you know, getting, you know a little bit more consistency. Uh, trust technique, you know, be on point with it every single play, get in position, and when the ball comes to you, capitalize. You know, one thing we talk about a lot in the, in the DB room is we got to make an offense earn everything. We can't we can't give up a, 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 an easy play, and that's for everybody. You know, we don't want to give up a free because, you know, one play is the difference of winning and losing a football game, and we don't want that one play to fall on us. You know, DBs, it's, it's a tough position, and, um, you know, we're the last line of defense. You know, a D-line can make a mistake, linebackers can make a mistake, but DBs make sure everybody in the whole stadium knows when we make a mistake. So there's a lot of ownership that comes to that. So, you know, we really stress the fundamentals, making sure we're, we're on point and knowing that everybody's counting on you. You know, every everybody, everybody's counting on you to do your job and to not give a free. And that's just, you know, not, not Nick, that's just everybody. You know, that's just everybody. So um, Nick's, you know, he's been doing really good. We're all, you know, we've been on him. He's been on himself. He's, and believe me, Nick's as hard as, you know, his biggest critic too. Yeah. So Nick will be the first one though. You know, he'll, 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 when we, Watch the filming meeting, and he makes a mistake. He'll he'll be he'll beat me to the punch. You know he'll he'll tell me what he did wrong, and so you know I'm excited for Nick. He's gonna have a heck of a year. Um, like I said, we got a phenomenal group. You know, one thing I really see out of this unit compared to last year's unit, just the accountability that the guys have amongst one another. That they're really holding each other accountable. You know, in film, on the field. You know, guys making mistake. Hey, eyes, better eyes, better technique, focus. 
Uh, so it's it's a special group, man. Yeah, safety's an important position. Yeah. You got a young group there. What are you seeing from Dalkey, Lacombo, and the new guy Jackson Ford? Yeah, I mean, you know, Dalkey going into you know year two in the system, man. He's just his football IQ is off the chart. You know, he's you know he's not going to be the fastest, but you know he but he has the speed that's needed to be successful back there too. But you know, Dalkey, you know his his football IQ and his ability to to see pre snap know where guys are going to be and to be able to react off of what he's seeing is just he's he's really good at it. you can see where he's at just a whole nother level with that um and then also you know Dalky also has that that ability to come down and play some sand for us too and certain things so he's a guy that we like to blitz we like to get him in and around the box because he's a physical he's a physical guy um so he's 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 kind of that one that we're going to be kind of going back and forth a little bit like we did last year with with my and Edom. um but uh you know with with lacombo i mean we you know, trying to figure out where's a good spot for Lacombo at in this defense, and you know, put him at the free. He's got great range. He's got great speed. Uh, he's built a lot of confidence at the free position. So, seeing him, he had a he had a heck of a day yesterday. Really good day with communication, flying around. So, um, he's really comfortable there. Seeing that, and then uh, you know, Jackson Ford, man, we just we absolutely love the kid. He is he's a hard worker. Um, just blue collar. He's just here to work. You know, that's just that's just who he is. Um, football IQ is off the chart. Um, to be honest with me, coming out here, seeing him, you know, just his agility, the way that his ability to transition and, and to cover some ground uh, has really surprised me um, coming into camp. So uh, he's going to have a heck of a career, and he's going to have a long career in the CFL. Lastly, Coach, what are you looking for in this game Saturday against BC? It's nice to play somebody else, uh, you know, and it's, uh, you know, for these American DBs, they got to pick it up quick, right? <laughs> That's right. It's going to be a little bit different for them from a game standpoint. But, you know, the biggest thing is just communi communication consistency. Um, you know, take everything that we've been doing in practice and apply it. You know, don't don't make the game bigger than what it is. Just go out there, uh, execute your assignment, have great communication, focus one play at a time. You know, we, we talk about, you know, stacking days on days. Now it's, you know, anytime we're in practice, hey, it's one play at a time, one play at a time, stack plays on plays. Um, and that's just the biggest thing. It's just consistency, seeing guys flying around, great communication. Obviously, limit, you know, limit the, the MAs, you know, limit the mental error, the mental mistakes um, or missed assignments. So, um, that's just the biggest thing. And I just I want them to have fun. Fly, fly around, play fast, have fun, play together. Because you know you don't know you don't know how many opportunities you got to play this game. So tell them to have fun. Thanks, coach. Yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate you. That's Marcus Klun, DB coach of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I talked to three assistant coaches today. First time I had a chance to talk to uh, any of them, actually, in an interview situation. And this guy's new to Saskatchewan. He is Andre Bolduc. We'll hear from the Riders running backs coach next here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. This day in sports history for Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. May 25th, 1965, Muhammad Ali knocks out Sonny Liston a minute into the first round and the controversial rematch for, uh, for Ali's heavyweight title. Listed as the fastest knockout in heavyweight title belt history, Liston goes down on a short right-hand punch. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the show. We're about to wrap up from the Dakota Dunes Casino and Resort. Thanks to them for hosting us, and thanks to PlayNow.com for having us with the setup here in Ben Whiting. Make sure if you want to register for online gambling, the only legal online gambling, uh, legal gambling site in the province is PlayNow.com. Four or five easy steps to getting it done. All right, we will leave you with this interview that I did with Andre Bolduke. He's the new running backs coach for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I'm headed home. I'll be in studio tomorrow with my buddy Sean Kleisinger. Until then, we'll talk to you later. 
here with Riders running backs coach Andre Bolduc. Uh, welcome to Saskatchewan. Uh, is it weird to be in different colors? Of course. <laughs> it uh, you know it took me a little uh, a little while, a couple yeah. of weeks to just yeah. figure out and see you know the new colors. And uh, I saw some pictures of myself, and I'm like, okay, I'm really here now. <laughs> but it's all good. It's been it's been fantastic so far. This is the heartland of CFL football. You haven't played at Mosaic. That'll be Saturday, and it's only preseason, so you might not get the exact feel. But I always wanted to ask players this: as a coach on the other sideline, you're focused about the game but when you're in mosaic stadium on the other sideline is it like wow what an atmosphere here it's very special especially that end zone there people get there early you know yeah. as we warm up they talk to the players yeah. uh, we're kicking balls in the stands they get the ball back on the field we always chat you know they know football they know their team of course but they know all the rules and they know the op- opposing team which yeah. is crazy because yeah. you know they, they call them by their names yeah. uh, if something goes well they'll congratulate them sometimes yeah. sometimes we get some hard stuff you know mm. but now I'm on I'm on their side so I'm very happy yeah. were you ready for a change to, to move uh, locations of course uh, 10 years uh, same place you know uh, I was offered the same position really so uh, I wanted to challenge myself I really wanted to uh, to get a new uh, new atmosphere a new team a new co-workers because uh, we had some stability the last couple of years at Montreal, but I needed to, I needed some change, and I got some great changes, mm. uh, great staff here. Uh, the running back group is outstanding, so uh, I just wanted to make sure I had a good group here. Because if you leave a group like I had yeah. in Montreal with Standback Fletcher, uh, Jeshwan Ankui, uh, and I get that here, so. Yeah, and we'll talk about the players in a second. But let's talk about the staff. This staff has something to prove. You got a new offensive coordinator. You got a coach that's trying to get a new contract. You're in a new place, new D-line coach, new online coach. I kind of like that chip on the shoulder, prove something mentality. That's exactly it. Uh, Kelly and I, we've known each other for a while, so we knew uh, what we wanted to do from the get-go. And now it's start to shaping up, you know. And uh, there's pressure, of course. Kelly, you know, is new in a position. I want to support him as much as I can. Uh, I want to use my experience to support him uh, I think having Trevor is going to help mm. what we what we want to go where we want to go uh, of course we talk about running the ball the run game will open the play actions and all that uh, we got size at receivers uh, so we're, we're, we're excited we feel the pressure we want to do better than last year of course yeah. and we want to make the playoff you know there's no secret about that you know uh, on average you get 55 plays a game on offense maybe 16 you're running back whoever it is will touch the ball 15 16 times so blocking is a key component to be in a running back that people don't think about. Yeah, people uh, don't know that we have to protect first. So, of course, every running backs that we bring in, in CFL camps are good. They're good yeah. runners, but we want to see if they keep you know they can keep the quarterback up that's the main thing we want to be good in protection we want to be reliable we want to chip the ends we've got to be physical in the passing game uh, and then we get rewarded by running with the footballs that's how i see it that's a good way to put it and i'll tell you what you had stand back and the guys you mentioned in montreal uh you don't have a stand back here but you got some athletic guys frankie hickson's got some pop uh, jmo was leading the league in combined yardage before he got hurt last year and i think you had a real good fullback room too it's a it's a very nice room. I mean, Albert impresses me. Uh, Bruno is very athletic. He's I mean, tight end size. Uh, the two tailbacks you just mentioned, they're, they're explosive. Like they're gonna get you some yards, some positive yards, and they're good blockers. Yeah. They've proven it so far in camp. Uh, I wanted to see that, and we have some newcomers, so people yes. will will be excited. I think to see those newcomers uh, Friday, uh, Saturday. Sorry, uh, B.J. Cummings. Uh, 
uh, Hawkins and Hawkins. Uh, and Rodney yeah. Smith. What do you what are you seeing from those guys? I call them by numbers: so <laughs> yeah. 28, 29, 35. 35. Yeah. So Rodney Smith, I mean, he played in the NFL, mm -hmm. so he, he does everything well. Twenty nine, uh, Hawkins is very explosive, yeah. good receiver, like great hands, yeah. just like the two tailback starters. Uh, and then BJ, BJ is huge, like yeah. uh, number twenty eight. People will like him. He's gonna he's gonna run over people on Saturday, and I'm excited to see that. Now, do you get much of a say in hey we we should keep this guy or that? Because coach did talk about, hey, we're maybe looking at keeping one, maybe two of those guys. We have a voice, yeah. uh, honestly, but uh, J.O. and uh, Kyle are doing a great job of bringing those guys in. And at the end, it's going to be their decision to build that roster. But we have a voice. They listen to what we have to say. We watch the same film. So we could evaluate the guys, rank them. And at the end, they'll decide to shape up the team the way they want it. Now, no mystery. We know what Trevor Harris can bring. We've watched him for 12 years in this league. But you're a good guy to talk to. You were with him in Montreal. All. What does he? What really does he bring behind the scenes? It's going to be a, a value to this football team. Very high preparation. Uh, he's going to get everybody around him better by his preparation, uh, attention to details, uh, attention to details to himself, his body, his preparation. Uh, he'll know everything about the offense. He'll fix problems on the spot during games. He's. Uh, it's all about preparation, and when you see it. Uh, it's hard to believe it what he does you know he comes in the same times as we do and he leaves at night the same times as we do he'll sit in my office we'll go over some stuff late at night it's just uh he's just a real quarterback and it's nice to have that for young quarterbacks they could see how he prepares himself because trevor got those uh, preparation ideas and ways by looking at other quarterbacks in the past. So now he's passing it down. Uh, Shea, you know, is there. Mason, uh, Jake, these guys are going to learn a lot from him. Okay, and lastly, Claire Dore. She's a local uh, teacher and coach in Regina, and she's here with you. Uh, just comment on what she's been doing in terms of helping you out. She's, she's amazing. I mean, she follows me uh, 20 hours a day. She's she's uh, she's uh, attention to details. She's helping me out on the field, off the field. She's at every meetings we have. She's there. Uh, she's taking notes. She's listening. Uh, I have her running drills out here, so the guys like her. Uh, she's she's amazing. She's doing a solid job. Thanks, Coach. I'm I'm happy to meet you for the first time. Yes, uh, same thing. I'm happy to meet you. Today's sports page has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.